Matt Damon and Ed Norton gamble in the 90s. There's officially too much Alf in the 80s, and the Coen brothers shoot Brad Pitt in the face in the 2000s this week on 302010 wants to be the very best. I'm trying to tease the show. What? Sarah's looking at me. You're the only one who should know that song at this point. <laughs> uh, there is so much to talk about on 302010 this week. Your weekly look back 30, 20, and 10 years ago back in time. Welcome to the show, everyone, where we look at uh, what happened in the world 30, 20, and 10 years ago, 1988, 1998, and 2008. The world of movies, news, books, music, video games, TV, all that and more. Uh, hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. I'm fake South American dictator Diana Goodman. Oh, wait, no, I have to say it with a really bad accent. I am fake South American dictator Diana Goodman. <laughs> all right. All right, South American Dave. Um, <laughs> I understood that reference. Oh, after a bunch of craptacular weeks, I think this is going to be a really fun week to talk about some of our favorite media. Uh, if you are a kid, we always tell you 302010 will help place where you are. The way things when released were released when you saw them. So this week marks in almost every decade a premiere of a ton of kid shows. Mm -hmm. So you will remember exactly what you're doing in two of these decades. And the movies get even better. And when they're not better, they're so incredibly bad that they're worth talking about. <laughs> yes, so true. I could not be happier to talk about this week in games. Uh, so stay tuned. We're going to talk about all that and more in just a second. Beginning as we always do in the 80s, I should have said earlier, we'll be talking about September 7th through the 13th, 1988, 1998, and 2008. Get ready to relive all of that nonsense. 1988, uh, man, there's only really one thing in this entire segment that matters to me, but it's in TV, sadly, but it's about a movie. But we, we always start with the movies, so let's get in with the, the real actual movies. A movie I've never heard of, uh, Some Girls. <laughs> Patrick Dempsey, Jennifer well. Conley. Well, it's a Patrick Dempsey movie in the '80s, so it's going to be about older women trying to have sex with him. Oh, he right. was—is he Loverboy? We've hit, yes. we've hit four of these now, wow. at least. He this is look, Patrick Dempsey's oeuvre. So this is older like, women want to deflower him. Little McDreamy, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like mm -hmm. fifteen years before. All right, yeah. uh, here's a little bit from the Some Girls trailer. Before. Patrick Dempsey's love life is falling apart. I'm not in love with you anymore. His girlfriend just isn't interested oh. in him, but her older sister is. Gabby? No, it's me, Iranka. Her younger sister is. Simone. Even her grandmother is. Guys, we do not play Pornhub clips on here. What? Uh. Is this, is it, is it a period piece? No, it's it, the '80s did use that. He's probably uh, he's probably from the other side of the tracks and in this fine and proper house. Okay, uh, that's that's what I'm guessing the music is for. But I do love trailers that like why bother with the character's name, Patrick Dempsey. Yeah, that's is, yeah. Is in this movie, he's wearing an old timey Scrooge like sleeping hat. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah. Why I did anyone wear this? Jennifer Connelly's wearing a demi bra. That's Barely even a demi bra. Mm. Yeah. Damn, girl. <laughs> a lot's happening. A demi bra? Ladies and yeah. gentlemen. Yeah. It's Is like, it like a partial bra? Yeah. It's like not yeah. full coverage when you mm -hmm. have like nice small manageable boobs. Like these. <laughs> yes. See, my boobs, are, they don't stick out much, but they're really wide. <laughs> Thanks. This has been boob you talk. Have tit. I have a wide tit. I've got a real wide tit. <laughs> and my nipples, oh, by the way, I know, are, I'm out, looking. out on the side, super derpy. <laughs> super derpy. Um, <laughs> 
Anyway, back to the movies in 1980. <laughs> we'll have more tit talk for the patrons. Um, running on MT, so, uh, like one of the only River Phoenix movies that I've never seen, uh, Judd Hirsch, Christine Lottie, oh, and Martha Plimpton. This is a treat. This is a damn good movie. This is River Phoenix's only Oscar nomination. Really? Uh, it is so good. I remember watching it when I was younger and just being like, wow, I relate to this somehow, but I'm not sure why. And then I rewatched a big chunk of it and I was like, oh, I relate to it because it's fucking good. Mm. Hmm. 20 years ago, his parents protested the Vietnam War. I was wondering if Michael had ever mentioned anything to you about his old school. I'm a liar. My name isn't Michael. My parents are Arthur and Annie Pope. My God, Annie. Why did you throw it all away? We're in trouble with the FBI. We're moving base camp, kids. Of your tracks. His whole life, he's been paying the price of their beliefs. Look what we're doing to these kids. They've been running their whole lives like criminals. You can't keep running away from something that you had nothing to do with. You deserve your own chance. I'm not letting him go because it's not safe. Okay, I've definitely seen this. I want to uh-huh. see this. I've definitely seen this. Was that this. Martha Plimpton in yeah. there, too? God, I love yep. her. Yeah, but just a, a family that's constantly on the run for, I'm guessing, some weather underground Vietnam activity. Exactly. Wow. I think they, they said a, they, they did a bombing and the building was supposed to be empty, but they killed someone. So the FBI has been after them for 20x years and they keep having to move their family and everyone has to change their names and have this cover story. And River Phoenix, their oldest kid, falls in love with Martha Plimpton and doesn't want to run anymore. I just want to get laid, anymore, Dad. Can't you understand? Afraid. Just want to get laid once. I'm tired of moving. <laughs> I'm tired of moving to Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, I have not seen this in forever, but like I do have a lot a ton of love for River Phoenix. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't know if we've gotten to say that so enough here. Good. He's he's just wonderful to watch in everything he's in. And I'm uh, yeah, this is the one I'll probably revisit because it definitely isn't gonna be Moon Over Peritor. <laughs> yeah. Well, come on. I mean, this is Sidney Lumet who directed directed it who's a fucking pro it's, and it's so Martha n- Plimpton is really good too she never gets any credit Martha Plimpton uh, is wonderful she's mm-hmm. phenomenal and I love her in everything especially and she's only gotten better with age she's not she, yeah. she didn't die that's Glenn Headley okay I just checking just yeah. checking <laughs> she's still with us well it, fine then we have to move into yeah. moon over Parador Unless all right it, not my recommendation I will recommend running on empty absolutely but, but moon over Parador oh is boy. number one at the box <laughs> office and I, I'm glad there's so many of you out there as we read these comments we have a comment show that usually happens but you have to unlock it again because it got locked again at patreon.com slash laser time so okay. unlock it again and you'll get it but uh, that so many people were like me and grew up with no HBO but Encore mm-hmm. and if you did you saw moon over Parador daily Oh, daily. okay. I was an HBO kid, so this is not familiar to it me. It was on daily, and it was like I saw it at a time when like Dave existed with Kevin Klein and Sigourney Weaver, mm-hmm. which is pretty much the same movie, but gotcha. uh, but less racist, <laughs> but okay. better. Okay. Um, yeah, Dave. Dave is way better. Dave has heart, and it's sweet, and kind of. And this is a very broad comedy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean. God bless Raul Julia. Right, but... and, and that's that's the thing is <sighs> as a giant Raul Julia fan. I do consider myself a giant Raul Julia fan, and I can name Kiss of the Spider Woman, Overdrawn at the Memory Bank, Adam's Family <laughs> Times Two, Street Fighter in this movie, and what the fuck else do I have with Raul Julia? It's it's one of the only major movies I can think of that he's even in. Hmm. Uh, but no, no Salvador, no love for Salvador. I have not seen uh, what Oliver Stone Salvador. No, yeah. I'm boycotting I... James Woods as of right now. Oh wait, no, am I thinking Salvador? Am I thinking Romero? Is it called Romero where he plays Bishop Romero? Whatever. <laughs> he made a movie about how El Salvador had problems. Uh, oh. And I, I don't know. In 2018, I, 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 I hasten to tell you what Moon Over Parador is about, so I'll see if the trailer can do its job. It's a leader 
this your dictator speaking? A romantic. Ah! And a total imposter. Who are you? I'm an actor. I'm playing the dictator. You should get an Oscar for tonight. But if she keeps him on his toes, they just may get the country back on its feet. Let's do some aerobics. Everybody! Richard Dreyfuss and Sonia Braga. Oh, I love you. Moon over Paradox. So this is okay. Richard Dreyfuss, an American actor playing a South American dictator, taking his place. So I think if you just listen to our Sasha Baron Cohen Laser Time show, mm-hmm. it's a good double feature with the dictator. Uh, yeah. Because the dictator is the other side of this. What happens when the dictator has to play a common person? Uh, right. And that's all. That's the best I can do for Moon Over Parador. It is a very, very, very watch King Ralph instead. How about that? <laughs> that's fair. I mean, it's Paul Mazursky who's made many good movies. Mm-hmm. Unmarried Woman is good. Down and Out Beverly Hills was, I think, his previous movie, also with Richard Dreyfuss. And this one, I'm, I was shocked to see it was going to be number one. It is because. It was savaged by critics. Yeah. I, I would say it's totally, like, not bad. But it is, like, if we had a listing for 30 2010 inessential, <laughs> that's what Moon Over Paradors is. <laughs> it's non-essential. Yeah, that sounds non-essential like viewing. the right place for it. Um, and with that, we can move into the television of 1988, which Sarah prepared. Uh, what? You did a great job with this. I don't oh, usually okay, list thanks. out all the winners of the, on September 7th, the uh, 1998, the MTV VMAs Video Music Awards hosted by Arsenio Hall. Man, that could not be more 1988. So this is like... <laughs> oh, yeah. We talk about the VMAs a couple times during this episode. And yeah. each time is very emblematic of the decade <laughs> that it's in. Because this is, I think, before Arsenio Hall has an, a talk show. He's fresh off of Coming yeah, to America. I think you're right. And, oh, right. and that lands in the gig hosting uh, the VMAs. And video of the year, I always forget. It's not song of the year. They right. they might have artist of the year. No, it's new artist. Yeah. Uh, but they have video of the year. It's very specific to like, no, this music video is awesome. I don't know if NXS's Need You Tonight <laughs> holds up that well. I don't know that I've even seen that music video. I before. have. It's okay. just like, oh yeah, saw it a billion times. It just, it's uh, good. It's got a neat, the sort of weird animated f- effect on yeah. Michael Hutchins dancing around. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's okay. Uh, I mean, whatever. And, but, but maybe you'll dig the rest of the awards. Uh, male video. Jesus, really? Uh, you got the look by Prince and Sheena Easton. Really? We're giving that one to, to Prince? Female video. Susanna Vega. Luca. I don't even know that song. Should I know it? That's Luca? I thought that was... No, that's not. I'm sorry. That's My name is Luca. I live on the second floor. I live upstairs from you. Great. Now we owe a bunch of money. I've seen you before. Oh, Diana. Like Spotify's just flagged us for copyrighted content. You did so good doing Luca. Group video. NXS is Need You Tonight. New artist. Guns and Roses over the Godfathers, Swing Out Sister, Jody Watley, and Buster Poindexter. I mean, Man, uh, I really had my f- fingers crossed for the Godfathers that I, year. Yeah. What? <laughs> Seems yeah, like a pretty good... I, I can remember Swing Out Sister, but that's uh, the easiest call in the universe. Yeah. For real. I mean, Buster Poindexter, like, Sorry. no offense. No offense. I just. You... I like Jody Watley too, but God, no. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> um, but Video Vanguard Award. Wow, in 1988 goes to Michael Jackson? Yeah. Because he's been doing it like less than five years at this point as a solo artist, hasn't he? No, nah, he's been around. He's been uh, doing it since the 70s. No. Yeah. I uh, mean, yeah, but Bad, Bad's been out. Bad yeah. was out like last year. So. Yeah, and Thriller is Thriller. fucking huge. Yeah, there you go. 
Um, but we also more TV, less interesting TV. Yeah. Um, these all these are. I'm guessing these are all right now in TV. We've been we're through the doldrums, people. Yeah. We're now in for the series premieres. Well, these are two TV movies that were like back to back on the same night, and if you like watch the trailers. It's like they basically just show the same movie <laughs> twice because <laughs> it's just like, well, yeah, it's just two kids in peril movies, mm-hmm. which Ooh. fits in nicely with the 80s and the vibe of the 80s. With another Phoenix, though. Yeah, with Joaquin. Okay. So the first one's Secret Witness. Who I just I just watched You Were Never Really Here, which I really, really liked. Mm-hmm. And I might be like, on like, is Joaquin Phoenix our greatest actor? Mm. I don't know if I'm, I just love him. I, everything he does, even the movies I don't like, I love him in. Yeah, fucking Gladiator that's fair. And, and yeah, and uh, what was the other one? The, the, the Master. I did not love The Master, but mm-hmm. I love every second he's on screen. He's very, very good. Mm-hmm. Love Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, well, he's billed as Leaf Phoenix Ooh. in this in this TV movie, and then also Kelly Martin is in it as well. All right. Hey. These are the faces of terror. When it started, it was just a game. This is better than Dallas. But he's seen too much. What's going on? Nothing. Let's get out of here. And now a killer is playing for keeps. Secret witness. <laughs> okay, so kids who are <sighs> peeping Toms. Yes. Who end up getting caught and trapped in a web of intrigue. Basically, I mean, it is very dramatic. Like, whew. And few things are creepier now than a young Joaquin Phoenix. That is a real weird looking kid. <laughs> he, lo- he barely looks like, I, I don't know. I would not, if you just show me that picture, I'd be like, that's not Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. He's just like kind of chubby faced yeah. and I don't know. And then the next one that they showed right after that was called. <laughs> was, uh, it was Fred Savage yeah. and Run Till You Fall. With Fred Savage and Jamie Farr. And Jamie Farr. Wait, then Jamie Farr says something serious. Wait, what? Yes. Clinger from MASH. Is he, what, is he the, the <laughs> cop pushed to the edge? What the fuck? <laughs> we'll have to find out. Then they got his father. Please, you've got to wake up. Will he be next? Jamie Farr in Run Till You Fall on Night of Suspense Friday. It looks like a dramatic role. Right? Night of Suspense. That's a long night of suspense, oh, by the way. Right. Two movies in a row? With little kids? With little kids? Little TV kid, or... <laughs> Little kid movie stars in peril. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yeah. What the hell are they? What is CBS thinking? NBC? No, it was NBC. Uh, also, I I vaguely remember this. Uh, Baby Boom yeah. premieres. I remember this. Look at the cast. On September 10th. Kate Jackson, <laughs> uh, Daniel Bartle. Wait, am I saying that right? Joe, Joey Behar and Susie Essman? Yes. On one show? And if you, I went back and looked at some of the cast pictures just because I was like, I need to see a young Joey Behar and Susie Essman. Ooh, how I big was her hair? I loved it. <laughs> yeah. The, the photo all hair and just humongous. a little Joey Behar face and in like, the orange. The promo videos, I was like... <laughs> You know, one of them like holding a baby rattle, like making a funny face in the camera. <laughs> it's like so funny. Uh, but what is this? But it's basically like the story of Kate Jackson and let's just play the promo and that should tell us actually. Wednesday's corporate animal J.C. Wyatt has a new responsibility. So who's going to sign for this? She's an executive on the run. I gotta go. And a mommy on the move. You were a good girl in there. I gotta go. Me too. Kate Jackson has it all in Baby Boom. Man, that, that promo was like 90% shoulder pads. Yeah, uh, a lot of shoulder nice. pads. Th- this, this is based on the movie. Right, the yeah. Diane it's based Keaton on the movie. Diane Keaton movie, which was like a giant hit. Yeah. But I 
I feel like you can't have Joy Behar and Susie Essman too close to each other. <laughs> I know, right? You gotta pick one or the other. <laughs> you know, it's like if they touch, they will absorb and turn into like a, a super Jewish mom. And then they'll really start at, yeah, make you clean clean your plate and eat your vegetables and ah, you're giving me the Taurus. Why aren't you more like your cousin right? One of them's like really angry though. It's like good cop, bad cop with but with Jewish moms. Like Joy Behar's yeah. like the nice one that's like, oh, okay. And then Susie Essman's one's going to yell at you and cuss you out. Yes, he's the goddamn yeah. Larry. Uh, God Susie. damn it, Larry. Motherfucker, Jeff, Larry. you fat fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but goddamn, uh, if you were, but if you were like me, oh no, we still have to some adult shit to get through. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because on nine ten, never forget, um, <laughs> nineteen eighty eight, right? Uh, the sixty eighth annual Miss America pageant is still happening. <laughs> and what? Ugh, Please explain why? this to me. Uh, I don't know what this means. Sarah did this. Oh yeah, well, I just put in there winners. Oh, I know what this means. <laughs> National shit heel Gretchen Carlson. Who's she? <laughs> She's she is used to be on the Fox and Friends, I believe. Oh, just like a blonde. She's one of those blonde hate bots. Ding dong assholes. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, more importantly, on September 10th, you know it's a Saturday now. <laughs> because a bunch of new cartoons premiere. Yes, this is always my most exciting time of the year. Hopefully there was some kick-ass promo with a mild celebrity telling you all the new cartoons you'd be able to watch. I'm going to go in order of what I think is important. Okay, um, go for it. Because uh, the Police Academy TV show debuts, and that is the least important one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say we have too much ALF on the air because ALF, to me, because of syndication and what do you want to call that, stratified merchandise for the next 10 years mm-hmm. when you go over to friends' houses, yep. seemed like it was a much bigger, longer phenomenon than it was, but it was four years. But during those four years, ALF had three shows on the air oh at the same God. time. God. Uh, right. And it's all voiced by uh, the, the creator, I forget his name, Paul something, who does the voice of ALF. And then he's got two animated shows, one that show... Uh, his time on Melmac. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just an animated show with Alf before he crash landed into the Tanner's house. And then one was Alf Tales. This is how how much life it has. This they're like this cartoon is so good. We have to recast these Melmacians in roles from popular fairy tales. Wow. So Alf Tales. God. Yeah. Oh my god. Alf Tales is a like a G rated Twilight Zone for kids, starring <laughs> your newfound Melmacians. Uh, yes, you. Let's hear that intro. Presenting Elf Tales with adventure. Romance. Comedy. Alright, I'll go over to bat for Elf, but that's this is officially too much Elf. Yeah. And it's I've coming said back it before. And I will say it again. <laughs> Kids today have no idea how good they have it. <laughs> oh my god. Adventure Time just ended, and you got Teen Titans Go, and you got regular show. You kids are so freaking lucky. I just watched. I just finished watching Gravity Falls, mm-hmm. and like this is ah, what, this is what we had. So good. This is what we had, but this. But I do want to say at this point, I want to go to bat for this as one of the good ones. Um, one of the good ones. We talked last week about a little tune that ended, and it's a really interesting juxtaposition. Flintstone Kids. It looks. Feels Ugh. like an awful Hanna Barbera cartoon with very little thought. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't even beha- it behaves like more of a sitcom than a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this week we have the debut of a pup named Scooby Doo, which is really the only Scooby Doo anything I've ever really liked. I've never ever liked Scooby Doo, and I, I I will agree this is good. 
Oh, okay. See, because it's got a different. <laughs> anim- I think the, the 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 same. I forget the name of the company, but they would eventually go into animate Tiny Toons. So rather than looking like a stiff Hanna Barbera cartoon, you have this Japanese company doing a great job with these Scooby Doo characters okay. as young kids, and there's like music videos in between. And I love the theme song. Awesome. Uh, uh. More animation than has ever gone into Scooby-Doo anything. Wow, I love this theme song. This is so fun. Well, it's it's once again it's the it's our parents' nostalgia yeah. given back to us in the form of every animation theme song. True. Even the Flintstone kids had a 1950s flavor, but like I love the way this looks. I love I love the way they dance. There's like all these great music musical sequences in between every episode, and in syndication, like on cable, this had a much much longer life. So I know I'm not terribly wrong and biased. And saying it's it's one of the best a little tunes, and might be one of the my, it's my favorite Scooby Doo anything because I really have a low tolerance for Scooby Doo for some mm-hmm. reason, unless they te- they're teaming up with the WWE to solve crimes with Vince McMahon, <laughs> dude. I really those are always great. Um, but nine uh, eleven, this oh, one you can hey, forget. You know what? <laughs> this all ties it together. Remember how we just had uh, the scary movie with Lee Phoenix and Kelly Martin? I do. Mm-hmm. Kelly Kelly Martin's on pup named Scooby Doo. Oh no oh. shit. No shit, and when for a long time, Laser Time fans, we have uh, Robert Loggia and William No Dick Atherton, as well as Scott Glenn in Intrigue. Yes, I'm guessing a TV film. Yeah, it's just mm. a spy. He's looking for his old colleague <laughs> who now works for the other side. I don't know. There's not much to say about it. I just threw it in there because Robert Loggia. <laughs> and I got real excited for. I'm guessing this aired on ABC on uh, September 13th. Roger Rabbit and the Secrets of Toontown. So I thought, a, this is an all new animated adventure of Roger Rabbit because. Some of the only animated stuff he did outside of uh, his shorts in the movie were uh, on for television. Because for like two years, Roger was Disney's biggest star, and mm-hmm. they used him a lot. For Mickey's 50th birthday party, that shit is hosted with new Roger Rabbit animation. He is organizing Mickey's party, because Roger's that important. But this is not that. It's also not a promotional video for a new Toontown opening in Disneyland and World. But what it is, is a fantastically in-depth look behind the scenes of Roger Rabbit. I feel like those have gone out of style. I don't know. When was the last time, Diana, you saw behind the scenes of a movie? I, I, I know yeah. you like... As a TV show? I, I know like when you watch HBO sometimes, they'll be like, yeah. this movie's in theaters and here's a couple shots of how they First made it. Look. Yeah. First look. or something like that. But right. And I'd tolerate those, but I definitely wouldn't now. I'd be straight to my phone. But this is a full hour. Yeah. A full hour hosted... This- this seems late, though. Shouldn't this be out when the movie was first coming out? Well, I think that's the problem because, like, around this time, I had seen behind the scenes of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Roger Rabbit. And I assumed this is what went into every movie because the stuff that went on behind the scenes is just as fascinating as the stuff in the movie. Mm-hmm. And this is really interesting. It's hosted by Dolores Joanne Cassidy, uh, the, the, ca- the cast member who framed Roger Rabbit. But it's. I think it's the most behind-the-scenes footage you can see of Roger Rabbit. I've poured through every DVD there is, and this is still there's stuff in this special. It's all on YouTube yeah. that you can you'll, you've never seen before, including a breakdown of like the Hungarian Rhapsody scene with Daffy and Donald Duck. Like everything about the Ink and Paint Club. Like I love 
see being able to see that as a full set because mm-hmm. it looks one it looks like shit when the lighting's <laughs> when yeah, all the lights are on that's true but just like that there's holes everywhere for like the penguin trays to walk around on their own there are puppeteers everywhere on this set there i think mm-hmm. there are dozens of puppeteers on the set of who framed roger rabbit and you don't normally associate puppeteering with roger rabbit but mm-hmm. that's what yeah it was involved in this i think probably the the movie's most amazing sequence um, yeah, I mean, this is kind of the perfect show for like any like kind of nerdy little kid who like not only loves a thing but wants to know how it's made. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of us were like that growing up. That's a very specific kind of nerd characteristic to have. Or when like your gifted teachers hung over, yeah. you kids are going to be exactly. creative. Look what other creative people did. This <laughs> yeah. is good, right? Yep, pretty much. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I, I that hey, that's my lock of the week. That is essential viewing if you're a Chris Antista fan. Okay. So all two of you, I do have a oh, I have a sad <laughs> fan page somewhere on Facebook, which the person left who was who made it and made me the admin of. Oh, and nice. And so it's like the saddest thing in the you world. You have to be the admin of your own I, fan page. I can't even delete it because I don't know how. <laughs> I really want to. Uh, you but just yes. make your mom the admin. Oh, I should be, oh, she is on Facebook. She's used like three times. Yeah. Um, but that is it for the television this week. You got a little, little uh, big book news in yeah. 1988. So this week, Silence of the Lambs by Thomas Harris mm-hmm. makes its first appearance on the New York Times bestseller list. Woo. It's not number one. It's towards the bottom. So I think so it's, it's a slow crawl. I think so, yeah. Um, Because after Silence of the Lambs, the movie, every book with Hannibal on the cover. Yeah, definitely. Right to number one. So, yeah, that's a huge, I mean, obviously a huge book. I actually was just talking to my mom about this weekend. I actually haven't read it because I'm a scaredy cat in all ways. (laughs) Um, But my mom told me. Dude, Red Dragon is scarier. Well, so here's the thing is that I was like, this is on the list. I should probably read it so I can talk about it when it hits number one eventually. So Sam and I are reading reading it together. But, of course, because we're completionists, we started with Red Dragon. So I'm just going to be prepared not to sleep for a little while. My mom read it when it came – read Sons of Lambs when it came out. And she told me this weekend, she said, there are three books that I wish I had never read because they disturbed <laughs> me so much. Jaws, I think, uh, The Exorcist. And Silence of the Lambs. I was going to guess the exercise for Wow. Okay, cool, Mom. Can't wait to read. Can't wait to finish it. (laughs) Uh, Jesus Christ. We'll talk about it more when it hits the um, number one. I liked Red Dragon when it was called Hannibal Season One. Is that (laughs) what? What does the Hannibal show comprise? And honestly, I'm not sure. Oh, they cover just about everything. I mean, Red Dragon. They definitely cover. In bits and pieces, they cover part part of it at the beginning, and then they really close it off at the end. Uh, and then a, a lot of random shit that they made up that is uh, really disturbing, but damn good. Well, and I should ask, because I love the show Hannibal, and I was shocked because I hate 90% of the things that character is in that aren't. I hate everything that's not yeah. Silence of the Lambs. Um, that's fair. And not so much Except Manhunter. Ma- what about Manhunter? I don't hate Manhunter, Manhunter, but I don't love it. But uh, okay. but like every other, there's three terrible Hannibal Lecter movies that you should yeah. not go anywhere near. Uh, what what is the best way to absorb Red Dragon? There's a movie. There's man. There's Red Dragon the movie. There's Manhunter. There's the Hannibal series and the book. Mm-hmm. I I can cover this. All right, Silence of the Lambs book and movie. Red Dragon book movie Manhunter. Okay. okay. Not the Brett Ratner movie. Yes, that movie's terrible. The Brett Ratner movie is actually more faithful to the book, mm-hmm. and it's better than I expected, but I expected crap. So, <laughs> no, go with Manhunter. Okay. That's that's a better movie. Um, Silence of the Lambs, the film, is a flawless masterpiece, and when we hit it in 91, you won't be able to shut me up. Okay. Yeah, I'm, glad. I'm excited. 
I am glad. Uh, any love for the show, Hannibal? Have you seen it? I, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it was show... so disturbing, and there were a couple mm-hmm. episodes where I almost tapped out. Right, but it is so good. I don't, I don't know how they got away with that show being on NBC because some of the grossest I shit I've seen on television don't. is in the show Hannibal, uh, and I, I give it a firm recommend. I've been so afraid. To, I'm afraid to watch the last season of it. Yeah, but I, I tore apart the first two seasons. Well, we'll be watching it soon. <laughs> really suck my teeth anyway. Uh, music of 1988, September 7th to the 13th. We got new releases. Suffer by Bad Religion, Vivisex 6 by Skinny Puppy, Truth and Soul by Fishbone, Them by King Diamond, Power, Ice T's second album, Easy solo debut, Easy Does It. Uh, How Will I Laugh Tomorrow When I Can't Even Smile Today by Suicidal Tendencies, and Hell O, the debut album of Guar. Oh, fucking Guar. Also, I can't believe Easy. Easy Does It comes out, Straight Outta Compton came out like a month ago. Yeah, they're clearly problems <laughs> within, <laughs> within NWA. Yeah. Easy solo and album. He's already got a full solo album. A out. full solo album. But All weird, right. weirdly fucking enough. Guar. Fuck, fucking Guar. I love them. Fucking Guar. Jesus, we are yeah, Eskimo like brothers. My so. favorite bad band. Like musically, <laughs> not very good. But their but movies love, are amazing. <laughs> I, I love their whole shtick. Yes. It's fantastic. Um, and. Uh, but weirdly enough, VMA Best Newcomer, Guns N' Roses, is number one with Sweet Child of Mine this week. So we will close out with that. Uh, stick around, people. We will see you again in Celebrity Skin? That's correct, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I, I just saw her play this song. I didn't know Billy Corgan wrote most of this album. Really? Or several of the, mm. the top tracks, hmm. and including, I think, this one. So Courtney Love on the Smashing Pumpkins reunion tour just like came on stage and played this song with Smashing Pumpkins, and I'm like, Jesus, I'm so old. I'm crying. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I kind of used to hate both these bands, but it's just so beautiful. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. This was seriously like, it, this felt... I wasn't sure if Hole was going corporate or they were just getting some goddamn professionals in. Yeah. Because they always felt so, so stripped down and grungy and punky. And was like, it was like a fine line between we're grungy and punky and authentic and like, learn to play. God. (laughs) There's only so many times you can show your tits on stage, Courtney Love. And if you don't believe me, just Google that how many times she just does that when she like fucks up on guitar. It's uh, yeah. a cool move. It's a dope move. Her tits are great. Again, this has been yeah, Tit Talk instead of 30 I love this. 
but I, I love this one. Mm-hmm. Me too. Oh my god, I, I really do. My freshman year of college in 2003, I annoyed my roommate so much by playing this song over and over again in our dorm room. Yeah, I think Malibu gets all the love from this album, and mm. you can still hear it on the radio. But this, I thought this song was great, and I remember buying the other whole album. Like as Diana described, I'm like, I don't think I like this at all, and I gave it away. Uh, and then some some girl's boyfriend tried to beat me up because I gave her the album. Um, oh. But it was really but like, no, I wasn't saying I like her. I was saying I don't like Hole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but that's that's new this week in 1998, September 7th to the 13th. We have other new music, of course. The Boy with the Arab Strap by Belle and Sebastian. Uh, my ex is out there pumping her fist. Uh, <laughs> Can I Bus by Cannabis. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Whitey Ford sings the blues by Everlast. There is ugh, a top that song was ubiquitous. Yuck! I don't. Yep. I, I'm not even ready to hear it again. Um, no, you'd be surprised. Ugh. Yeah, I heard it again recently. And I'm like, I like this song. What it's like. Uh, Who got the gravy by Digital Underground? Frank Black and the Catholic self-titled debut. These wicked streets by Skullduggery and Good Humor by Saint Etni. Am I saying all this right? Etienne. Etienne. Are you doing this on purpose? No, I'm just dumb. I shouldn't be reading any of this anyway. <laughs> Take the reins. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't I don't want to miss a thing by Aerosmith. It's still number one, and we're all worse for it. Yeah, we do have a little bit of news to get you to just like soak you in 1998 news. Jesus Christ. September 8th, Mark Maguire <laughs> breaks Sam, uh, Roger Maris' home run record, ends the season with 70 ahead of Sammy Sosa's 66. Because the record was 61, right? No, I think the record was 66. Because Sammy Sosa, I thought, according to the HBO movie, it was 61. <laughs> or was it 61? It's 61. Because okay. Sammy, because remember, Sammy Sosa broke it first, and like the world went nuts. And then like yeah. the next night, Mark McGuire broke the record right. again. So like, if you were a baseball fan paying attention to this record, it was exciting because the record was broken like yeah a couple times a week. I remember when all this was <laughs> happening, and it was like. It was kind of one of those things where I was like, I'm not exactly sure what's going on, but mm-hmm. everyone seems very, very excited, excited, and I'm very happy for them. Very excited. Yeah, it was like everywhere, like the front page of the newspaper. Oh, my God. Like, There's a game tonight. Let's see what happens. Oh, my God. Here's where they are, the standings are right now. Yeah. Both of these guys are on all of the steroids, you idiots. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> yeah, all of the steroids. <laughs> all of them. All of them. They took them all. Everyone. There's I, none left in the world. McGuire had to testify before like Congress or something. And I believe if you Google Sammy Sosa's face now, he sacrificed all of his pigment. Um, to, to, to mm. His home run record. Uh, that was probably an inappropriate joke. But uh, let me slide, folks. Uh, September 11th. Every now and then, I think, you know what? Let's just... Let's just let them do all the drugs they want. I mean, I, mean, I kind of feel that way too. They're mutant freaks care. rewarded for aggressive tendencies and physical <laughs> strength. Like, why mince words? Let's make them crazy. Yeah, mm. well, not to mention, like, the technology of that kind of stuff changes so much, like, every year. Like, okay, no steroids, but what about, what is blood doping? What if they sleep in a hyperbaric chamber? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing, guys? Like, just let them do it. Whatever. Who cares? What if they eat children like Hillary Clinton and all those other, sorry, I'm reading too much. Well, Q look how far it got her. Uh, <laughs> so obviously that doesn't work. <laughs> uh, but I know, I, I do say that. I say like, let ath- adult athletes do whatever they need to do. To, I, I don't care. Let them be mutants. And then I think of all the kids I grew up with whose awful parents were like trying to mold them into baseball yeah. stars. That means they would be mm. doing that to them. Exactly. How do you, how do you, so I guess I have to be against it. Yeah. How do you not, 
how do you let that happen? But then just like spit out mm-hmm. kids in, right into the major leagues, which happens like more and more now. Yep. Get playing against monsters mm-hmm. with like no protection, basically. And you, you, there's that documentary. Is it bigger, better, stronger, faster? Something like yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like I watched it not knowing it was a pro steroids documentary. Like, oh. who the fuck are you to tell us not to do this shit? You don't. You don't. It's not Popeye. You don't shoot it and get jacked. You have to like. You have a forty hour a week workout regime in yeah. addition to this. That helps you get jacked. It's you need discipline to take steroids uh, responsibly. Anyway, take steroids is what Sarah's saying. Yep. I believe um, <laughs> on nine eleven. Speaking of Hillary, <laughs> yeah. Oh God. I'll just let Diane explain this. So nine uh, eleven, <laughs> uh, but nineteen ninety eight. Mm-hmm. The uh, the Star Report is published, well released um, to Congress. It will be published as a book in October, where it will be a New York Times bestseller. This is the special prosecutor's uh, report about Clinton and supposed to be about Whitewater. And instead, it was about Monica Lewinsky's tits and when he touched them and why. Instead, it was softcore pornography. Yes, very soft. It's so graphic and it was so embarrassing in October. Just be like, everybody is reading this and like sharing the, the most lascivious parts. And it's like. Dude, and then it starts this whole debate of is oral sex sex, and how do you mm-hmm. explain this to kids, and what everyone's talking about. I don't think so, and- kids. <laughs> That's how you do it. Chris Antista says oral sex isn't sex, kids. Do it all you like. Um, yeah, I remember uh, like during this time period, my parents just didn't let me read the newspaper. Like I would read the newspaper every day, and then like when this was happening, they're like, nope. Because oh, I think they published like portions of it. Cutting out Marmaduke and handing it to you. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I was stuck to the lifestyle section. Uh, it what an was awful all time. So embarrassing. And then I look back and think, oh, it's such fucking jump change. What a sweeter time. But uh, uh, I it's did... so innocent in that it's about whether or not he asked his side girl to lie about a civil lawsuit. And whether or not he profited off of la- a little bit of real estate shenanigans to tunes of like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. That was the whole thing. And I, 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 especially, now, I especially, where are we now? Kids? I especially liked Bill Clinton every day uh, bitching about the Star Report being a rigged witch hunt and uh, threatening to fire his attorney general for not firing Kenneth Starr every day. Sure. That was particularly mm-hmm. interesting and not in any way weird. Yeah, he sent it out in the form of like a handwritten letter to each of our houses every day. Yeah. Yes. Came in our yeah, mailbox. Yeah, definitely not potential obstruction of justice to publicly <laughs> scream into the ether about how you don't want your your attorney general to, um, I don't know, prosecute crimes <laughs> that people in your party might have committed. But these are, Bill Clinton, but these are our friends. They shouldn't go to jail. I'm just, I kid our mad king. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't know, like. I just want to remind my Canadian relatives that I will sleep on the couch. I don't take up much space. Do you, I'm very handy. Do you, do you, uh, you said you're trying to be selective with this whole saga die. Um, yeah, I am, but this is this is the big one, right? Of course, this, this is when we get the dirty details. But it feels like we like... hear about the cigar. Oh, okay, yeah. and the the gap dress, yep. I believe, mm-hmm. yeah. which uh, was DNA. The we're not at the point where we're defining the word is. No, we are. We're, oh, we we're are. We're, we, we're already. Yeah, okay. yeah. We've we've talked about what the word is. Is oh, that's right. And uh, yeah, we're heading into. Um, Serious talk about, well, is this all impeachable? And when we get to the end of the year, we'll find out. Yeah. 
Don't read ahead, yeah, kids. Yeah, I don't want to go over every single twist and turn because it's gross. Yeah, yeah, especially not with the life we're leaving leading now. Um, let's yeah, just... I'm, you know, I just did not be partisan. Yes, all of this should have been looked into. Mm-hmm. The, the Whitewater stuff should have been looked into. Travelgate, eh, not so much. But fine, look into it. And yes, did he ask his girlfriend to lie? Fine, ask that question. But we don't need to know yeah. these details. It's just creepy. Well, I mean... <laughs> I guess our current president's going to find out how many sexual details could be exposed through the result of a probing. Oh, uh, but Lord. yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. All right, so let's move into some movies. Yeah. Let's go to the silver screen to take our mind off of all of this. <laughs> Again, uh, I swear, un, un, loyal fealty to our Mad King. I just, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan. Glad I voted for him. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> joke never gets old. I love calling him a Mad King. It just makes me laugh. <laughs> Movies of 1998. Uh, never heard of this movie, but I love the title, Digging to China. <laughs> uh, Evan Rachel Wood, Kevin Bacon, Mary Stuart Masterson. I'm going to guess this movie is not about me digging a hole in my backyard because I thought I could do this because of cartoons before I was 10 um, years old. No. It's about Evan Rachel Wood, which I think this might be her debut. Really? The yeah. People know her from like Westworld now. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a little eccentric kid who meets a kind of eccentric grown-up in Kevin Bacon, who I think maybe is like mentally challenged, and they bond. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw this. I'm, I'm not creeped out at all. Nobody sees the world the way Harriet does. What color was I when I was born? You're kind of red. You were throwing a tantrum. But maybe I didn't want to come out because I knew you were already here. Until she discovers a friend. You have California plates. You from Disneyland? My mom says I'm a throw place, but I'm the smartest person there. Oh, God. Ready to share oh, an adventure. no. What are we waiting for? For someone to rescue me. I want to rescue me, too. Stay away from the highway. We will. God, remember what Robert Downey Jr. told Ben Stiller not to do? Yeah. Kevin Bacon's doing it. This is real <laughs> simple Jack territory. Kevin Bacon's doing it to Evan Rachel Wood. Oh, no. Oh, no. How are we not Yikes. supposed to do a laser time about this? Um, <laughs> how? How? I'm busy that week. Yeah, you and everybody else. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, but I also didn't see Simon Birch. Yeah. So no. this... I'm curious to watch this because every review I read took one of two stances. Right. This is so heartwarming and charming. And this is treacly crap. Right. That's yeah. those are the ones I remember reading that this is such saccharine horse shit. Like this, this unbelievable heart tugging, meaningless nonsense. That's what I remember. Yeah. This so, shit got savage. Yeah, but it's based on the prayer for Owen Meany, right? mm-hmm. John Irvin, mm-hmm. Irving, and it's got like a great cast. Jim Carrey's in there. Right, he's like as the narrator. narrator, like unbilled, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Joseph Joseph Mazzello, the kid from Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. Ashley Judd, Oliver Platt, always a win, Oliver Platt. Yep. yep. Simon Birch was the smallest delivery ever recorded in the history of Gravestown Memorial Hospital. Hurry I'm warning you. The doctors proclaimed Simon a miracle, and he was quick to remind any of us if we forgot. That's so sad. I'm a miracle again. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be a hero. Pretty vague job description, isn't it? And how did you end up with Simon Birch as your best friend? We both know how it feels to be an outsider. Simon loved baseball. I'm not sure why. His strike zone was minuscule. This is all intriguing to watch. I, I don't know yeah, why I haven't seen this film. So it's definitely, um, I don't know, I think probably depending on the mood you're in that day, it's either treacly crap or heart heartwarming 
movie. Um, it's like Diane said, it's based on a prayer for Owen meeting, mm-hmm. which is excellent. And yeah. if you really care, I would say just read that and don't see the movie. <laughs> um, but mm. yeah, it's kind of you can learn how to read it in ninety minutes. So John Irving never thought that a prayer for Owen Meany could actually be made into a movie. Mm-hmm. It's very it has some theatrical elements to it. Um, the The book is definitely very different from the movie. Mm. Um, but he, anyways, so John Irving sold the rights to A Prayer for Own Meaning because for almost nothing, basically, because he was like, I don't know how anyone can make a movie out of this. And they did, but, you know, it's not... <laughs> It's not very close to the source material, except for like a couple of plot elements. One of them being that um, the Owen Meany or Simon Birch in this in the movie, you know, he's playing baseball. He has a very small strike zone. They talk about it. He um, ends up hitting the ball. He's he's a very tiny guy. He's a little person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can hear him in the clip. He sounds like Vern Troyer. He ends up hitting a ball during a baseball game, and it actually flies over the fence and hits his best friend's mom in the head and kills her. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't supposed to laugh at that? This is a plot point to both the book and the movie. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. He had to pull up the old fucking morning radio soundboard for that one. Yeah. Um, I love the book. Movies, fine. Okay. Well, I've never heard of Bee Monkey. <laughs> well, I hadn't. And then I was like, wait, why did I hear about this recently? And I will tell you why in a minute. Um, you want to hear the clip first? Sure. All right. This stars Jared Harris, Asia Argento, and Rupert Everett. Her name is Beatrice. Can you feel it? Yes. Not my breast. My heart. But on the streets of London, they call her Bee Monkey. Got a little proposition. I'm sorry, Frank. I've retired. Oh, come on, monkey. You owe me one. Say you love me. Whatever happens. She's about to show him a way of life. Who is Bee Monkey? They said if you knew about me, you'd throw yourself out of the taxi. He never imagined. You have to save me. There are some things about her that I don't understand. Everybody keeps asking about you, wondering when you're going to reappear. Because when you do it with style, you're happy, Bee. I'm very happy, honey. Would he die for you? Because I'd die for you. You know that, Bee. There are no limits. Whoa! No, I still don't understand what's happening. What? I don't either. Former prostitute? Uh, so, uh, criminal. Okay. Yeah, this, this <laughs> stuffy British dude falls in with this criminal lady and some of her criminal pals, but she seems to be trying to get out, but maybe not. And, I mean, Jared Harris, again, always win. The reason this one came up is because uh, this film is... Distributed by Miramax and oh god, oh god, I Mr. Got it Weinstein wanted to have a meeting with Asia Argento. Turns out it was at his hotel room. He came oh. out in a towel and he sexually assaulted her, according to her. Mm-hmm. So uh, no yeah, <laughs> this movie extra tainted. Thank you. <sighs> yeah, yeah let's, let's hope it was worth it, Harvey. <laughs> Fun in prison. <laughs> oh, uh, what all prison? Right. He's uh, rich. Yeah. He'll be fine. I don't know. I don't know, man. Society pretty seems to have turned on his ass pretty hard. Um, I don't know. Louis C.K. seems to be doing fine. All he did was one yeah. stand update. <laughs> he didn't technically and make then, any money. And then Asia Argento's gotten into her own problems about maybe paying off an underage guy. I, I actually so... ca- I deleted that joke, for, and I wanted to say it the whole time. Noted molester, Asia Argento. Um, 
I said I deleted it. Things are complicated. How about that? Let's just go with. Uh, let's just go with. Let's talk. Let's, I hate everything about that. Let's talk let's about sex, <laughs> which is the name of the yeah. next movie on our list. Yeah. Uh, starring Paget Brewster, who I took me like ten more years to discover who she was. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. James Hyde and uh, Tina. How do you, Nguyen? I, how do I say that? Win. Yeah. Win. Uh, let's talk about sex. What Maybe. does a woman really want from a man? Now, three friends. I just wanted to know if I could ask you some questions on camera about guys. And 75 women. We talk about sex all the time. Are putting together a film to set the record straight. When my show gets on the air, it's going to be about real issues females face in the 90s. Uh, what do you think faking this girl? It's a serious issue for females. Give me some action. Let's talk about sex, baby. So what do you like? You know, nice, gentle, good, rough. It's more like the motion of the ocean. I just really need someone to talk to right now. So much for talking. Oh my, I kind of want to watch this. I would love to know what kind of sex women liked in the 90s, because I'm sure it's totally different now. Yeah, it's very different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as a time capsule, this might be fun to watch. Yes, totally. I bet no one mentions ass-eating millennials. You'll hate it. It's probably (laughs) just a lot of like, just don't sweat on me as much. (laughs) It's all about the motion of the ocean. Just say what you want! Oh, God, give me directions. I have no idea what I'm doing here. That was from the movie, right? I wasn't projecting at all. Uh, Without without Limits, uh, with Billy Crudup and Donald Sutherland and Monica Potter is the next film. I've never heard of this. It's oh, it's the it the race of the Prefontaine movies, and this one got the uh, win. Oh, this yes. is the pre Prefontaine movie. Gotcha. <laughs> yes. Great. Why? Why? A guy running deserves two movies. I'm Steve. Uh, Steve Prefontaine. Barry Marks. Nice to meet you. The U two song against the rules. It takes eight percent more energy to leave than to follow. When you set the pace, you control the race. He questioned every belief. I'm not playing this full clip. How you know exactly you what this movie is. break all the rules by <laughs> running? He ran according to a line <laughs> and a time, <laughs> a specific time signature. He broke all the rules by obeying every rule. Yes. <laughs> Confusing. I don't he ran I... on his hands backwards. <laughs> okay, there we go. That would yeah, be an interesting that's movie. Fine. I'd be that's fine. That's fine. He murdered all of his opponents. <laughs> broke every rule. <laughs> took their wives as spoils. He's got little razor blades and he's like <laughs> slashing them. He's been hurrying in his 70s track Honestly, meet. I, was, <laughs> I wish this was just an air bud. <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing in the rule book that says a dog can't run this race. He was a very naughty boy. <laughs> uh, and all, this is all more interesting than I think the movie that was actually number one at the box office. Yes. No, I think out of all of these, the only one that I, I can sort of look back and say, I enjoy this movie. I would watch it again if it's on TV. I don't care about the rest Here, of these. Here's my weird but, time capsule. But um, Rounders is fun. I went to uh, uh, Costa Rica sort of against my will to get my Spanish credit and complete high school. Mm-hmm. And my parents gave me an Esquire magazine. And it had the first uh, first 20 pages of the Rounders script. Like, th- doesn't this feel like a world that's totally know. lost to time? I feel 
like I want to know more about this goodie bag that your parents handed you before you went on this trip. Right. It, so I talk far, about it all the time. It was a X Files novelization. novelization. Of the it was a Simpsons episode guide. Yes. Simpsons so I could understand guide. what's happening in Spanish. Esquire magazine. Esquire magazine. Uh, I think co-edited by uh, Gary Shandling, where he wrote about how where he met Larry Sanders, which is just like I wish I could read that article again. Oh my god. About yeah. how he met. About how Gary Shandling met all the fictional members of the Larry oh Sanders show. Oh my god. Show. Yes, I would love that. And the 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 original draft of rounders i feel like i have to start by explaining magazines <laughs> but uh but magazine used to get like scoops like that like yeah the first the first 20 pages of the script of rounders and i read it there i didn't know who was cast in it and eventually it came out and it wasn't i was like oh i can't wait to see this movie and the only thing that it was is still in the script was the oreos that john malkovich eats Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, yes, the um, But yeah, I did not like uh, this movie with a great cast. Martin Landau, John Malkovich, John Turturro, Gretchen Mole, Edward Norton, and Maddie Maddie Day Day uh, in Rounders. For the last two years, Mike McDermott has been doing the sensible thing. But his best friend just got out of jail. I can't believe you still know someone called Worm. He's like my brother. Domesticated yourself for this girl and need someone to lean on. I need money. I gotta put some scratch together, man. I consolidated your outstanding debt. 25 grand and still running. What I did was go partners with an old friend of yours. We do what we used to do, man. You find the games, you scout them. I sit and I mop them up. Michael McDermott. I knew you'd be back. All right. You guys go ahead and talk. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Now I remember why I hate this film. Okay. Well, you go ahead, Day. I mean, my feeling. So. Yeah. Yeah, my well, my first feeling is Matt Damon's just Goodwill Hunting man. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. like the same character, same um, mushy. Young, it's not mushy that it's face. not fun. Yeah, and just like know it all, motor mouth like yeah. kind of guy. Um, you have a count apples, a cards. Really, what I feel bad about is Gretchen Maul. Gretchen Maul mm. got so hyped off this movie as she was the next it girl. And then she just disappeared on us. Yeah. What? And it became a punchline of like, this is someone that gets hyped up as an it girl and disappears. And she's a fucking good actress. Mm. The Notorious Betty Page, she was great in. She was great on Boardwalk Empire in a very difficult and unfriendly role. And it's, this is mostly, it's fun. It's a card movie and it's fun. Well, that's for me why I dislike it. This is the first domino to fall in the ultra annoying Texas Hold'em craze yes. of the 2000s. Agreed. I, I this card shit is so yes. boring and to me. Like the only thing worse than playing it to me <laughs> is watching is people watching play people it. describe and it. Act like it's like this amazing like thing that should be. I don't know. Sorry if you, guys, if, if you're super into it, dude, I apologize. I but, you clearly ooh. grew up with the same kind of obnoxious guy friends that I did who were sure. all obsessed and would put this movie on <laughs> in the background while they played no. poker online and yeah. shared tips. No, no, you never want to do that on the turn, bruh. No, don't, no, don't push in for the Don't push in on a Jack Nine, man. Unsuited, are you crazy? Like all this fucking poker talk. It was so annoying, and it was like two years of my life. And Rounders was like the Bible. Yeah. It had ex- it had pre existed this huge craze, so everybody was talking about it and quoting it. It was so fucking annoying, and I've never revisited yeah. it as a real film. I just consider it this precursor to this one of the most obnoxious male trends I'd been a part of. Yeah, and it has the, the a couple of character tropes that I'd truly dislike in movies one of them being like the guy who's like thinks everyone else is a stiff for having a regular job and not trying to cheat people out of money Mm. which is edward (laughs) norton's role and i mean like he's 
That's worm. Supposed to be in like not a great guy, and that's fine. But I just hate that attitude so much. And then Gretchen Maul is like kind of the nagging, long-suffering girlfriend who's like mm-hmm. kind of a drag because she just won't let him do his like passion of I playing cards. I don't want to get married to a gambler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want to gamble on our children's future. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just some tropes in there. That I just why can't hate you it. go all in on us? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's an actual line that yes. like burrowed in there from your reading of the 20 pages. This relationship is a pair of sailboats. <laughs> Poker nerds will get that. <laughs> and then John Malkovich has it's Malkovich as a Russian is Teddy KGB. The most entertaining part of this film and he yep. is Malkoviching <laughs> so hard, the, like some of the, the hardest Malkoviching I've seen. That he is talking with, I don't know where is from. <laughs> it's it's unbelievable. Do you check or do you fold? Yes, that's, it's, that's exactly what the whole movie was. Oh, don't touch my Oreos. <laughs> yeah, they are mine. Yeah, that, yeah. It's so weird. I, I know we're pissing some people off out there, but like John Turturro is great, though. I feel like it might be a completely yeah. redeemable movie because everybody involved has made so many great things. Yeah. Uh, it just I'd never revisited it after initially being like meh, and then it became just associated with something I really don't like. It's fine. Um, it's it's fine. it's fine. That's, yeah, that, that should be like the tagline of thirty twenty two. Like this album. <laughs> It's fine. If you like it, it's fine. It's true. Uh, so we have a, we have a big one of those as we start television mm-hmm. because we have we have probably the biggest phenomenon that none of us are going to be able to talk about. There's so many people mm-hmm. who are a thousand times more qualified to talk about this right. than us, and that is. I do like the song though. I will travel across the land, searching far and wide. Get to it. He's Pokemon to understand the power that's inside. If you can believe it, 20 years ago today, on, on, on September 8th, the premiere of the show Pokemon. Indigo League Season 1, however you want to call it. I did as much research as I'm going to do on this. I'm not going to pretend right. I know about this. In the U.S. In the U.S. Because I I, I, I am now a convert to the games. Mm-hmm. I like the game Pokemon very much. Mm-hmm. But I was also 18, smoking cigarettes, doing mad ladies, and I got no time for sure. a baby's cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> half of that is true. Uh-huh. But I, I was not in the age group to give a fuck about Pokemon, right. uh, the cartoon. But it's so unbelievably significant because the idea that like these characters... Ash, who's not in the games, are still characters in this long-running series, mm-hmm. like uh, in terms of a show. And more importantly, like if you ever heard us, I know we've done a bunch of shows uh, on Laser Time, more about. Um, I was a big Tiny Toons, Animaniacs fan. Like, loved the comedy of the uh, of, of children's programming, of syndicated programming of the mid '90s. Power Rangers and Pokemon murdered that. Mm-hmm. murdered that it all became about this stuff and more importantly like pokemon is i would say raise your hands listeners in the comments how many how many of you had found pokemon to be your gateway into anime because mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh no we got diane all dracula uh, but as as we talk more as we talk about these shows this year we've talked about 
Dragon Ball Z finding a home in syndication in America and Sailor Moon finding a home. It, it's getting its legs, but it's not a phenomenon yet. Mm-hmm. Pokemon mm-hmm. is the breakthrough, not those that's, shows. That's very true. Um, I would say at this point in my life, uh, I was in college. I was towards mm-hmm. the end of college. I had no idea what was happening. I had friends that worked holiday season at Toys R Us, and I had them explain to me what the crap is this like i don't know this is like beanie babies it's uh what's the pokemans and they're like no it's uh you have this monsters and then you use the monsters to fight each other so you can catch them and i'm like okay first of all that gotta catch them all that's the most cynical thing i've ever heard in my life (laughs) yeah and second of all this is about cockfighting with cartoon characters and third of all it's anime and i fucking hate anime and so a little bit and I, yeah and I, I have paid no attention to pokemon except when i'm in a conversation with some friends of ours that are big into they really are good pokemon video games and stuff and they will start talking and i feel like i'm having a stroke because i don't understand a word they're saying the because it's so complicated that, yeah oh my god that's why if you remember that we did an oscar show on laser time and i had i asked brett to write i showed him a clip from the big short and i'm like we need to do this yeah. with you describing pokemon because i don't know, understand a thing <laughs> ryan gosling is saying here just like when you tell me about advanced level right. pokemon because i'm like i waited they're, they're amazing games they're mm-hmm. phenomenally well-built games they really really are uh, and, and the gotta catch them all thing is not as cynical there when you're talking about like, no, you need to catch all these things to have a menagerie of things to know all the math and values to beat other oh, opponents. Um, it's it's real deal shit. And it's it's not for dumb people. Like, yeah. it's not a dumb thing. It's not an easy thing to be good at Pokemon. It probably really built a lot of kids skills that yeah. help them later in life like doing a lot of that kind yeah. of calculation little assholes whipping my ass at Hearthstone because fucking they grew up <laughs> playing Pokemon on the regs it's not fair yeah but it, it sounds like people who know baseball statistics really yeah. well it's like it's it's a kind of math nerdery that god I hope you can apply to other things yeah and the, I really do hope that's true I think the true the truly weird thing I was still geez, in, I don't get it I was still in high school and the girls I was dating Loved the show. Had no idea that there were games, but like the show was cute. Like every animal was cute. Um, and and I wanted I wanted to preempt that because like it seems like this is it, Pokemon is one of those things. Like I forget that I was born before it happened because it's been ubiquitous in my life ever since, and its its popularity has almost never waned. But this is the moment in this episode. Uh, I choose you, where Ash meets uh, his first Pokemon. Okay. All the starters have been taken. Mm-hmm. There's no Squirtle, no Charmander. Does that mean all the Pokemon are gone? Well, there is still one left, but <gasps> I... Uh... Professor, I'll take it! I think I should warn you, there is a problem with this last one. I have to have a Pokemon. Well, in that case... Don't see <laughs> Look, that happened to me when I was researching the program, <laughs> so I'm spreading it to you. You knew it was Pikachu. You knew the show better than me. Oh, my God. It doesn't matter that it just happened. Yes, I hit you with a two-year-old meme, and I'm not ashamed of it in any way. It's okay. When we're talking about Vancouver. something that's 10 years old, a two-year-old meme, that works. Yeah, that yeah. Tracks. But it's the introduction of Pikachu, yeah. and like that makes, like, Pikachu, whether you like it or not, that's like, it's a household name, and like, I'm surprised mm-hmm. how many adults I know who can name, like, you walk into stores, like, Walmarts or game stores and Targets, and there's just like, this adult can name 70 varieties of Pokemon. Yeah. 
because of Pokemon mm. Go, which I think spread it. it, it once there was yeah. no paywall, like it, no one has to be embarrassed to pay for it. Uh, but yeah, Pokemon, I think the games were already an outlandish success in Japan. But this is, this is one of the most successful Japanese invasions that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, yeah, just to clarify, I'm not saying Pokemon sucks or it's stupid or whatever. I'm just saying it's just not for me, man. Well, uh, this, you, Diana, just, I, I'm, I'm right in that that age group where it's like it's not for me, and I'm not old enough to have kids that it's for either. Also, anime, and I'm allergic to it. But here's the thing: I could get both of you into a Pokemon game and have fun playing with well, you. Yes, you will never be okay. into this this child baby show. No, that's the thing: is that like Pokemon, you'll never like this Pokemon as a concept and as a game. All, has all the elements there of me being into it. I love the idea of playing a card game sort of thing. I love having cute things. Pokemon Go probably would have worked on me. I just missed it. And I mean, I'm probably yeah. closer to the age of the person who would be into it mm-hmm. because I was in eighth grade you at this point. You didn't have a Game Boy. I didn't have a Game Boy, though. I didn't have any video game consoles ever so at this time it's really late to have a black and white game boy game Mm -hmm. overtaking the world it's we're getting this Mm -hmm. way after japan bucket monsters if you much me must make me say all this uh but it's it's an undeniable phenomenon it's it's just super super fucking important to Mm -hmm. mention and just it would go on to spawn 15 movies like there's still an ongoing series now if you were looking on twitter was it two years ago when a new pokemon movie with ash in it came out and he's like about to die and Pikachu just starts talking at him and you just hear crowds of people like gasping in the audience because Pikachu talks for the first time in 20 years. Like Mm. it's all fucking insane. I'll watch and I'll watch any video of people in live action Pokemon outfits falling down or dancing. It always (laughs) makes me happy. All right. Always makes me happy. More, we're not even done with the Pokemon talk. It's, we haven't, we're not even to the games yet. Yeah. Uh, lots of Pokemon talk in this episode. Uh, but uh, we, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention to you real hardcore Power Rangers. Power Rangers. We know about Power Rangers, right? Mm-hmm. It's a Saban thing. They, yeah. they took over the Super Sentai series, shot American uh, footage, and used Japanese show footage. And they're getting a little ballsy over at Saban. We don't need this Japanese footage. We can make our own show. And let's make it about something closer to our hearts. Irish and English mythology. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the Mystic Knights of Tirnanoog. <laughs> yeah, whatever. The Mystic Knights of Tirnanoog. I mean, it, 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 like the Saban's like they took all the money for the second season and just threw it back into Power Rangers after one season of this stuff. Wow. But that that it's a footnote oh, for nerds out everywhere. That are, like a Please tell me that trailer. they are leprechauns in like giant Gundam <laughs> robot suits. I'm not the right guy to ask. Again, uh, I'm out there. I'm just going to assume it is. So I'm out there it. flicking Marlboros, selling ecstasy, and crushing puss. Like sure. I got no time for Pokemon mm-hmm. and Pierre mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I wasn't mm-hmm. repeating a grade in high school. <laughs> That's not what I was actually doing. Um, I had no friends. Um, but uh, oh, oh, look at this. On uh, 9-10, September 10th. 1998, the MTV Video Music Awards, hosted by Ben Stiller, which, who put this in the doc? Me! The, the most bullshit, 90s bullshit of all time? Yeah. I mean, if you look at these winners, it is, this is the 90s thing. Okay, Video of the Year is Ray of Light by Madonna. <laughs> Male Video, Just the Two of Us by Will Smith. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that. Uh, group Video is Everybody... Friends, Backstreet's Back, <laughs> and Friends by the Backstreet Boys. 
Uh. New artist is Torn, Nally and Brulia, which beats out Cherry Pop and Daddies, Chumbawamba, Fastball, and Mace. Fastball and Mace lost? That's the greatest combination I've ever seen. (laughs) I want to hear the way featuring Mace. Oh, God, I know. (laughs) Never get hungry. Never get old. The way. Uh, That's my Mace impression, everybody. Thank you. Rock video is Pink by Aerosmith. That video fucking uh, sucks. God, yeah, that the song, song sucks. sucks. I secretly love that song. Oh, awful. I mean, I have it. And I it, whenever hate it comes, myself sometimes. No, it's fine. Whenever that song comes up on my random iPod shuffle, whatever, I don't turn it off. So there you go. <laughs> there, but I acknowledge guilty, that it's terrible. There are a lot of guilty pleasures in this Yeah. List. Oh, also the next yeah. one, dance video, Smack My Bitch Up by Prodigy. How... Did that not win video of the year? It's Maybe so, because they weren't allowed to show it on MTV yeah, anymore. Yeah, I love that. Whenever we have It's our, their best like, music video. Oh, yeah. It's uh, one of the uh, best music videos, just period. Yeah, when, if I had to think of a top 10 of all time, I would probably put that in there. I love that video. Yeah. I love any parody of that video. Uh, I think I said when we talked about its debut that I saw one like recently that was like, I put a camera on my cat. And then <laughs> it's like, Runs under cars and it climbs trees and then it starts robbing grocery stores and it turns into smack my bitch up. I, I mean, must, he's so happy. I must seek that out. Take um, me on picture. Yeah. <laughs> um, alternative video is Good Riddance, Friends, Time of Your Life, and Friends by it's, it's Green hard Day. To, it's hard to shit on that song, but it but it's also oh, easy yeah. too. Yeah. Because uh, especially because it's Green Day and it's their sad song. It's probably their most popular song. Yes. Um, and Video yep. Vanguard Award is the Beastie Boys. I hope that makes someone out there feel hey. old. That Beastie Boys got the Old Guy Award twenty yeah. years ago. The the opening though is pretty great because I when it said Ben Stiller hosted, I was like, wait a minute, was this the one where he like does the parody of Tom Cruise? But I was like, the movie no, awards. that's the movie awards. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is Ben Stiller as the exiled Backstreet Boy. Mm-hmm. It's oh, great. God. Ben Stiller's great, you guys. Six Backstreet Boys originally. I was the sixth. No, I was the first Backstreet Boy. It's not that I got kicked out exactly. Uh, it's more like I like to think that I threw them out of my band, but they retained the name. Yeah, I basically uh, established Backstreet Boys in '93 when I was senior in high school. But I was split at the time between my commitment to the band, which wasn't really happening at the time, and then my commitment over at Wet n Wild Stunt Spectacular Universal Studios, in which I portrayed the Merman. And at the time, it was a choice, you know. Backstreet Merman. The truth is, we all got together and said, this train guy's got to go. Yeah, out in the snow. What do you know, bro? Yuck. Yikes. It's a great name, Trent McJivers. (laughs) 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 And he's just like, in costume, he looks like he's just every Backstreet Boy just mashed into one with facial hair. He's got that wet tiger beat part. Yeah, like like, goggles around his neck. soul patch. It's a whole thing. There's so much, there's still so much to talk about in television. Um, 9-11, 9-11, not that one. Uh, Living Captivity premieres on Fox. Dondre Whitfield, Kira Arney. Lenny, what is this about? I don't know. I just like pulled it just because I hope someone out there watched it and can tell me about it because it kind of sounds a little fun. It's just like a series about a gated community and it's a real cast of characters that live there, including a Christian novelist, his <laughs> Jewish attorney wife, and honor auto parts mogul named Carmine Santucci. <laughs> oh, I wonder if he's a soft-spoken man who doesn't gesticulate wildly. Probably not. <laughs> a disc jockey and his pregnant wife 
and a gay security guard. Wow. Only seven episodes aired, but I'm really curious this based on that. a demographic checklist. Right? Uh, I kind of love it. It's, I don't understand. It's got everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's got everything you could want. Uh, but it doesn't uh, have Pokemon. That probably hurt it. Uh, on, 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 on September 13th, we have... The 50th annual Emmy Awards, hosted by no one? Yeah, they just kind of had people come up and do little things instead of having you, one person host it. I like Jimmy Kimmel hosting the Oscars, right? Yeah, it's fine. I mm-hmm. think he does a really good job. Mm-hmm. There are, I think, about 13 minutes of Jimmy Kimmel Oscars footage, and the rest is, is him throwing to people who then introduce the awards. Right. So you might not even miss yeah. a host if you don't care about a monologue or Jimmy Kimmel ripping people off a bus and throwing them inside the Oscars. Yeah, I don't love that part <laughs> I as much. Love that shit. I don't like that stuff. Oh, that's hilarious. Made uh, some people's day. But yeah, winners are Frasier, The Practice, Frasier. Kelsey Grammer won for Best Comedic. Uh, male comedy um, person. <laughs> it's, it's, I yeah, it's from that episode where he falls <laughs> off the stage. <laughs> now that's just my personal Emmy to him as funniest ding dong. <laughs> um, Helen Hunt won for female comedy actor Andre Brower for Homicide Life in the Streets, I'm pretty sure, okay. and Christine Lottie. Mm. For drama. And Frasier. Chicago Hope, I'm guessing. I should mention. Yeah, Chicago we Hope. We blew passes at the last Golden Globes. I thought we had clips of it, and I did not get them to the editing in time. But the previous Golden Globes, Christine Lottie also won for a role in Chicago Hope, and that was the year that they announced it, and she was literally in the bathroom. Right. And she okay. running up. I remember Robin Williams, watching like, that. jumped on stage and starts vamping and, and doing a bit, and then she comes running up. So I'm sure when they announced oh that God. she won the Emmy, and someone everyone hands- was like, eee! Yeah. She has, like, toilet paper on her shoe. Someone hands her, hands her a towel yeah. for her to, like, wipe her hands. Or the host, I think, handed her a towel. Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, they do a whole bit later. Uh, I guess it's the next year of the Golden Globes. Yeah, she comes out with toilet paper on her shoe and makes a... Makes a whole thing of it. Yeah. It's, it's Fantastic. The thing that you know has to eventually happen, yeah. just like with the Oscars, eventually announcing the wrong winner. It's like somehow it has to happen, and it finally did. It she was literally you. on the can, mm-hmm. and someone came running in. Yeah, you won, and she's like, "Oh, shut up!" Wait, really? To imagine ladies getting out of their fucking Emmy dress. Oh my god, I know. In the bathroom, like, you oh. just won. How quickly can you be on stage? Like, oh. I'm gonna need like 10 minutes. Not only the dresses, <laughs> but you know all the complicated underpinnings and lady underwear that they all oh, we all yeah. have to wear as and well. Then you're in th- and shoes and a long dress. It's always hard when you sit down because you're gonna step on your dress. And, yes. Oh, jeez. And also then your dress is just sitting on the ground. This the- is... This- this is all new thinking to me, and this is all based on like Sarah being around a bunch of ladies describing having to pee in a romper. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> oh, why God. I've avoided it's rompers for so long, because you're just getting fully tits out naked in a bathroom every time you have to go to the bathroom. You're going full George well, think, think about those, like, the, the old-timey red underwear, like the long underwear. Yes. There's a reason they have a flap on the back. Exactly. Exactly. Because you don't want to get full-on naked. I once wore one of those on a plane. It was the dumbest thing <laughs> oh, I've ever done no. in my life. Oh my god! Well, that's been ni- 1998's Tit Talk. <laughs> Tit Talk, baby. God, we gotta have our own show, man. That's why you gotta go to Patreon. I'm not even done with the games yet, but it won't be too long. These are all real notable, and some of them being games I felt too old for. Mm-hmm. Um, Parasite Eve is a game I didn't play, but a Square Enix game that uh, is well beloved, but I think only reached three uh, iterations, and they have not revisited Parasite Eve ever since. But, ladies and gentlemen. Children of millennial age, mm-hmm. Spyro the Dragon is now uh-huh. 20. We've just had the Spyro Remastered trilogy delayed, but like 20 years ago, Spyro the Dragon 
debuted on uh, PlayStation One. I believe voiced by was it was Carlos Los Rocky the voice? He's the voice. Uh, he's Garcia on Reno Nine One One. Voiced the Taco Bell dog, and he also voiced Spider-Man. I feel like, yes, because I remember having to look this up fairly recently because someone I know or someone in my timeline or Twitter or something said something about meeting Carlos Alas Rocky and everyone's like, ask him about Spyro the Dragon. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like uh, low-key. Wikipedia, help me. He's low-key one of the funniest dudes on Reno 911. One, because he's yeah. good at improv. Oh, Two, yeah. because he visibly cracks up and has to like go off camera the most. <laughs> uh, Why do we love that so much? I don't know. It's so funny. It's, but he's trying his best to hide it. And of course, on September 12th, I did not know how well-timed this was, Pokemon Yellow debuts. Aha! Pokemon Yellow being the third iteration of Pokemon. I don't know what they call it, but generally Pokemon comes out with two editions with a third edition later to follow with more shit. This one, Pikachu is on the cover, in the same week, he's making his debut as the main Pokemon of the main character in the Pokemon series. Holy shit, very well-timed. I didn't even get into all that. You, you ever see those stories like, Pokemon Go's tearing up the nation, Nintendo's doing great, and like some nerd was like, technically it's not Nintendo. Like Technically it is, asshole, but Nintendo had to create a new company called the Pokemon Company to handle Pokemon. Wow. Because there are t- mm. there's too much merchandise, there's too much cards, there's too many shows. There's fi- There were... I think 15 Pokemon movies hmm. since this week in history 20 years ago uh, that they had to create another company because you can't be calling Miyamoto for all this shit. I'm like, <laughs> we got to have a new company to <laughs> sign off on all these licensing deals. It's more than Mario's ever had. There's more Pikachu merch than there is Yoshi merch. Uh, it's just the way it is. I don't like it either. Uh, but how about we close out 1998 then with that? Uh, Pokemon. Sounds good. Pokemon Yellow. And we have to close out with what it's like of off of Whitey Ford Sings the Blues by Everlast. It sounds like sad Smash Mouth to me. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. That's a really good way to put it. Um, <laughs> well, we'll listen to some sad Smash Mouth and we'll be right back in 2008. Stay there, folks. the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of september 7th through september 13th uh i'm gonna have to stretch because uh, my usual stuff from 75 years ago 1943 or 50 years ago 1968 sort of meh, meh hoosier's holiday starring dale evans okay yes. uh so i'm gonna do something i promised i was going to do last week, which was last week in the deaths, we covered that Akira Kurosawa passed away 20 years ago uh, that week. And so now that the period of mourning is over, I would like you to please go back and watch some Akira Kurosawa movies. Uh, I've recommended several on this show. Um, Seven Samurai, which is an instant classic, uh, and it's amazing. I think I've recommended Throne of Blood also. 
uh, which is a version of Macbeth. Uh, and it's got one of the scariest endings ever because uh, there are some real archers shooting uh, arrows at people. Then uh, there's Rashomon, which is uh, like, it, it's, I mean, Rashomon effect is an actual term for things. So it's definitely worth watching and it's gorgeous and fascinating and all that. Um, so I'm going to recommend one movie that I don't know why it doesn't get more love from Kurosawa fans, I guess just because it's after this classic late 50s period. Uh, Ron from 1985, which is his version of King Lear. And it is stunning visually. Oh my God. The colors, just gorgeous. And considering Kurosawa was like half blind at this point, it, it's just so vibrant and alive and just sucks you in, even though it is it is not a short movie. It's like two and a half hours long. Uh, at the time, it was the most expensive Japanese film ever made in 85 with a budget of 11 million dollars. Wow, it's just, you know, it is one, it, it grabs you pretty early on. It's got some amazing performances and it just does not let you go until complete cataclysm of an ending. I love it so much. Absolute recommend for Akira Kurosawa's Ran from 1985. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. Coming in with Baby by LL Cool J off of Exit for featuring the Dream off of Exit Thirteen. I did LL just quit music after this? I do not remember I another LL song after this. I mean, yeah, maybe something on the uh, CISI Los Angeles oh, soundtrack. I, don't I bet know. that's like written into his contract. Actually, <laughs> yeah, I get one theme song. Blood, DNA, semen everywhere. No, I, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's My the, hat is like a microscope. Hello, <laughs> Cool J does not help tell you that this is the music of 2008. <laughs> that's a 2008 song. Uh, there are new releases this week. This will help you. The Quilt by Gym Class Heroes is also out, as is Do You Know by uh, Jessica Simpson. Wow. Uh, Simple Times by uh, Joshua Radden. Uh, not for Sale by Cardinal Official. Uh, the Stand-Ins by... God damn it! Oakerville River and Death by Ma- Death Magnetic by Metallica. Ooh, I have a good story about Metallica. It relates to something we talked about in Laser Time this week. Mm-hmm. Guitar mm-hmm. Hero. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the this was right around the time Guitar Hero Metallica came out, and there was a downloadable version of Death Magnetic. I think it could I think it was around this time, and people were very upset because like, why is the Guitar Hero version mixed better? than the album version. <laughs> uh, and I, I don't know why they were saying that, just because like it's the master, so it's only as good as you playing it unless you're ripping open the game. Mm-hmm. But apparently the superior version of that Metallica album was locked inside of Activision's Guitar Hero game. Wow. Fucking crazy, <laughs> right? Yeah, Whatever You Like by uh, T.I. is still number one and is still currently stuck in my head. I say it to my cat every time I feed her now. <laughs> You can meow whatever you meow. Um, but <laughs> September September 7th to the 13th, 2008, there's a little bit of news. Jesus Christ. Uh, U.S. government it takes... It begins! 
Aliens! <laughs> you explain this for me, Di. I'm dumb. Uh, the U.S. government has to take full control of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac because they are um, falling apart horribly because of subprime mortgages mm. that were given out left and right and center and then cut up into other products and then sold off over here and sold off over there. And you could basically take insurance on whether these people would fail on this thing without having to do anything really yourself. And uh, it, the clusterfuck has started, everybody. Right. It's 2008. The clusterfuck begins. And we don't want any you white people to go to jail because we all made money off this. So let's get in here and help. Uh, but <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, I forgot it was this early on uh, in 2008 that it was the beginning of September because I remember it's really yeah no I want I want to say it was like late October I thought that everything really started to go down where it's like McCain suspends his uh, uh, candidacy and is like I'm gonna rush to help W figure out what's going on because the whole economy is in a tailspin but nope it was already fully tailspinning. Yeah, like in some, the beginning of September, somebody was seriously seriously asking me what it was like to move to San Francisco. And when I got there, I feel like I got there for the last whimper of the weirdo artist hippie phase. Mm -hmm. And then right after that was newspaper on every storefront as everything in the fucking world closed. And only recently, with the tech boom, did anything open up anywhere because everything the recession killed everything in that city. That's those are my earliest yeah. memories of San Francisco. Yeah, it, it hurt a lot of people in San Francisco. I mean, it's not as bad as like when the, the tech bubble burst in like 99, 2000. Yeah. That, that was a weird time to be there. Um, this was sort of a, a mini kick in the pants to everybody where a lot of people just laughed. They're like, yeah, no, I'm fucking underwater on my, my condo mortgage. So I'm out of here. What was weirder is I knew a bunch of people because I was working in event planning at this time. And we'll talk about that when, in December when I lose my job. Um, <laughs> fuck you, AIG. Wow. Anyway. Uh, I knew a lot of people that like lived in uh, Las Vegas and in and around Las Vegas. And that's where shit was weird because there was so much speculation on housing and everything that even as still, I think, as you're flying into McCarran Airport, you can see like whole subdivisions that were like graded and laid out with streets and just nothing's, nothing's there. Finished. Wow. Yeah. Just just nothing's there. Just everything's there except houses. Well, 2008 was a weird time, uh, as the God movie <laughs> the movies can also attest. Because uh, yeah. I love that you put this in here. I do remember this. Proud American, uh, the documentary, came out. Well, I thought it was a documentary. It's a documentary and also a slice-of-life multi-story mm. type movie. Okay, okay. It has mm -hmm. some actors in it. But it, uh, wow, reached 750 theaters, which is pretty decent reach. Yeah. Um, and made yep. $96,000. <laughs> Um, you wrote this, Di. I was going to let you you talk yep. about it. Yeah, so I did the math. Uh, I mean, it's the, the lowest weekend gross for a wide release movie ever, worse than Delgo. Um, at $96,000 <laughs> for 750 theaters, I did the math. That's $128 per theater, which at average ticket prices and four showings a day, four people per screening. <laughs> wow. That was sort of my second screening of Sorry to Bother You. Good mathing. <laughs> but that's, a, that's, that's weeks you. after release. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Uh, but we have a little bit of trailer for that that uh, unforgettable film. Uh, take your hats off and stand for the anthem, everybody. America comes alive as you've never seen it before. <laughs> Shot in 70 millimeter, the vast beauty of the American landscape is the backdrop for five stories of challenge, determination, and courage. Man, Curtis, man, you ain't no fun. A kid from one of the toughest neighborhoods in Chicago struggles with choices and 
achieved his dream to be a doctor. Try it out. But Jesus Christ, that sounds like the earnestness that opened up Disney's California Adventure. <laughs> yes, I felt like I was yes! on soaring the ride. It's Visions of America. Yeah. And, uh, the freaking round theater thing. Yeah. That, yeah, 10, 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, <laughs> no one had anything nice to say that it's so earnest and, and tear struck that uh, it's terrible. Mm. Um, and uh, speaking of possibly terrible, I don't know. I haven't seen this Tyler Perry movie. The Family That Parades, P R E Wise. I watched it. Uh, did Ooh, you? Yeah. Great. Um, <laughs> homophobic not Christian ba- no, message no no no, no, no. not bad mm-hmm. it's so we'll go ahead and play the trailer alright in every family this is your daughter's wedding everything's gonna be fine you just relax there is good Miss Cartwright paid for the wedding look at you you look beautiful you sure you wanna do this I love that girl and there is bad what are your plans after graduation looking for a job I guess give me a call I'm sure we can find a position for you there are the ties that bind. William, meet Ms. Abigail Dexter. Do you think she can take this company global? I thought you were considering me for that position. Why on earth would you think that? Because I'm your son. Oh! Oh! Oh my God! How does Tyler Perry keep doing it? Dramatic. So <clears throat> it's so yeah. It centers around the friendship between Kathy Bates and Alfred Woodard. Apparently, they've been awesome. friends for like a really long time. Yeah, both great. And half of the movie is like a gal pal road trip where they, they the two of them jump in Kathy Bates's convertible and drive across country, uh, stopping at various like, you know, they stop in New Orleans and then they go to Vegas and they go to a strip show and then Kathy Bates gets baptized in a lake. And so it's like very heartwarming You're and like about Schmidt. <laughs> it's very upbeat. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's a good about but thanks show. for reminding me of that. Um, <laughs> but and then the other half of the movie is this very dramatic, like corporate takeover slash people are having affairs storyline with just some of like the meanest people, <laughs> people being extremely mean to each other and cheating on each other, or whatever. I don't know. It's fine. Hmm. It's good. I like it. I mean, I like Tyler Perry is. Fascinating to me. Yeah, he's just. So he can turn in a first draft of anything he wants and just make it a new movie. It's just, (laughs) yeah. He just his phenomenon is kind of. I don't know. I love reading about him and just just as an independent movie dude. I've always even defended like Adam Sandler. Like I don't like those movies, but like. A bunch of friends make movies that they think are funny, and they right. get to do that. Well, and he really did at the expense like, of better movies. He truly is like a self-made guy. Like his first play made no money at all, and he just kind of persevered mm-hmm. and everything. He writes everything. He I mean, around for that early thirty twenty ten when we first started talking about Tyler Perry, wasn't that it was T L. I think T L. Foster telling mm-hmm. us about like the underground Tyler Perry tape trade that yes. like spread its plays mm. far and wide. Exactly. Yeah, because he just wasn't getting any respect or distribution, distribution. in any way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and you know, like I I he has a big hand in revitalizing a lot of Atlanta and mm-hmm. kind of making Atlanta like the filming mecca that's become in a way. The next movie on our list, is this a remake of some kind The Women? Yes, it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Meg Ryan, Anet Benning, Eva Mendes, I'm going to mispronounce all these because I'm mad at you both, uh, Deborah Messing, what do I do? and Jada Paquette Smoth. Um, it's, is this, this isn't Little Women? Nope. Okay. No, it's not Little Women. 
I thought they remade that and called it the the women at some point, but I know there's no. there's a, I saw the poster for the new remake of uh, like yeah. celebrating its 160th anniversary and like wow I've never seen a movie wear that on its sleeve because last time I bought fucking Pinocchio you had a Rotten Tomatoes score on it like I'm, that's why I'm <laughs> oh buying Pinocchio, uh, but the women ladies and gentlemen. Edith, take a good grip on yourself. You're going to die. Stephen Haynes is stepping out on Mary. But Sylvia, who told you? A manicurist. Diana, you tricked us. <laughs> Diana. I'm so glad that you said, is this a remake? I wanted you to just go straight into the damn clip. Sorry. So I wasn't, but hey, I wasn't sure. Anne got it wrong. Mm. Uh, yep. But it is a remake. Mm-hmm. It is a remake of 1939's The Women, which is. What's that about? Interesting. <laughs> well, it's. It's a movie with literally no men in it. Really? They talk yeah. about men. There's all kinds of men that they're so talking the, about. So the but women never, fails the Bechdel ever test. Ever see them? <laughs> and I mean, the '39 version. It's got you know Rosalind Russell and Joan Crawford, and they're freaking killing it in it. Mm-hmm. I I like how cool they are and like confident, but I'm also like miffed that they're talking about like this lady's husband's cheating on her with this other woman. And she's just mad at the other woman. She's not mad at the husband. (laughs) Yeah. And then in the end, he's like, just shows up and she's like, he's like off camera and he's like, I still love you, I guess. And she's like, come here. And it's like, no, what are you doing? No, men have autonomy too. God damn it. He chose to be with that strong Only when they want to. No, she did not bewitch him away and he was just a victim of this or something. No, you don't want him back. He's a cheater. Cheaters got cheat. Yes. Did have you did you watch the remake? I did not because Ooh, so I bad. heard it was uh, awful. It's awful. It's truly okay. truly awful. Yeah. It's just like it, it angered me. Like I went with a group of gals and I was like gal pal movie time mm-hmm. and we went in so optimistic with our eyes full of hope and left jug. There <laughs> There was a scene where literally Meg Ryan is like bitching about her husband who I think is cheating on her or something, probably. Mm -hmm. And she is dipping, taking a stick of butter, dipping it in cocoa, (laughs) and then eating it. While talking about how great at blowjob she is and how she could suck the nails, suck the nails out of a two by four. Well, you got to be authentic to the remake, the original. (laughs) She's like, oh, isn't it so funny that when women are upset, they eat things, right? And we're just, can you imagine? No, heart disease is a real problem. It's the number one killer of women. <laughs> yeah, is it? I mean, I thought it was men. Well, yeah, men are <laughs> up there too. Anyway. Yeah, just, just uh, even just like reading the description, and I see like, oh, all the women in this movie. Wait, let me guess. Somebody works in publishing because that's the thing that smart women all work in in movies. That's how you True. tell that they're smart. They work in publishing. That is the truest thing I've ever fucking heard in my life. They're yeah. always an editor. Uh, I always clean up after a grown man's book. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. So, oh, there's so all these different women and their friends or their sisters, oh. and they're gossiping about someone cheating on somebody else, and then they're like stalking the other woman. And ah, uh, <sighs> no, no, I'm good. No, I, I like the classic well enough. So we don't uh, need to play no. the trailer for the new one, or is it worth it? 
who cares? Yeah, let's say who cares. Because the next movie, <laughs> the next movie, I think, is even worse. Oh my god, like, it's yes. so bad. <laughs> and for, for almost fun, bad for almost little boy Chris who like first started to like movies and like the manly old movies of Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. It's surprising they don't do more movies together. They should be at this point. They should be Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon. Right. No one's gonna finance well, a movie unless you're both in it. <laughs> Maybe, but I mean, when they finally are together in Heat, it's like such a great scene and it's such a big deal. And then they come together for this piece yeah. of crap. Oh, it's a real piece of garbage. Oh, uh, you get in the way of what I do. You you do what you do. Get in the way of what I do. What you do what do do you do? That's my impression of Heat. Everybody, thank you very much. Thank you. Very I'll good. Leave now. I'll leave very now. good. Uh, but Yay. I hate Heat. <laughs> but, what really? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think yeah, it's like, me too. Yeah, what, not, really? Yeah, not, no, never been a Heat fan. Like oh I never really understood why people liked it. Um, I like that scene. That's about it. Yeah, where they're actually talking to one another. Okay. Yeah. Oh, um, I like that scene. I like the shootout. That's it. Yeah. And the shootout's pretty cool. Uh, okay, but yeah. this this movie, I have not seen it. Uh, De Niro and Pacino, of course, with Curtis Jackson, Donnie Wahlberg, and Carla Gugino. Curtis uh, Jackson is better Fitty? known as Fitty Sam. Fitty. Uh, in Righteous Kill. What do we get this time? Jonathan Van Lighten was up on rape charges, but he got tossed out last week. Looks like he had a beef with our old pal Johnny. Somebody shot another bad guy. So we gotta find out who did this. Give him a medal. He's gonna kill again. You know it, and I know it. This is so fucking hack, and I it's... love both these. I know all of their work very well. Uh, but this trailer is hysterical. So I love bad. how okay. They who, look... who thinks sympathy for the devil makes you think it's it's going to be a Scorsese movie? Yeah, yeah. they're yeah. trying uh, real hard. Or interview with a vampire. The music, the the movie poster mm-hmm. makes it look way cooler than it should be. Isn't De Niro? They're coming together for a, a Scorsese movie for Netflix, aren't they? Mm-hmm. like a crazy guy. like DiCaprio and Nero. I don't think have been in a movie together uh, since this the boy's S- life. They're going to be in the SCTV documentary. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this is called Righteous Kill. Did we even mention oh, that? No. I said Righteous Kill. Okay, well. Yeah. Uh, numerous times. I do not I do not know what it's about. Okay, here we go. Mm. So Robert De Niro and Al Pacino are partners, mm-hmm. cops, which I feel like you don't really see that often when two cops are the same age and they're partners. Yeah. It's they're like both, a young yeah. guy. They're both in their guy. late 70s right. and like definitely should have retired. Oh my God, you should see them running. And that, it is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Because if you look at this clip, I'm like, wow, those guys look so old oh, standing so together old. and you realize this is 10 years ago and they look so much older right now. Al Pacino's now. hair is crazy. <laughs> it, yeah, it's crazy. It's like crazy. full cotton candy. Yeah. Doing it's, whatever it's wants. It's, it's just waving in the air like a sea anemone. It's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, so they're, they're partners. It opens up with Robert De Niro is... Looks like basically he's on camera confessing to murdering 17 people. And he kind of narrates it in a way. And he like goes through like, and then I killed this person. And it's all vigilante type stuff. Um, And in a completely useless plot point, the killer who is killing all these people leaves a nice little limerick with every person. (laughs) They're so stupid. (laughs) I wish I could remember some of them, but they are so stupid. Um, Robert De Niro is also fucking Carla Gugino during mm. in, during this, Jesus. and there oh. is a scene. There are multiple generations between them. <laughs> yeah, there is a scene of her of him having sex with her. No, 
And he, he's making the Al Pacino face that's like. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, not Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. Oh, and like he's, the like the 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 <laughs> puppet frown. The the. <laughs> yes, yes. I know exactly what you mean. Yes, yes. When Kermit the Frog is yes. confused. Yes, like <laughs> he's making that face. It is terrible. Oh, it's so bad. And anyways, at the end, humongous twist that we all saw coming. It was actually Al Pacino was yeah. the killer. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Because oh. so Robert De Niro is kind of like throughout it, like the bad ca- guy cop where he like plants a gun on a suspect in order to get him to go to jail because he's a bad guy to begin with, blah, blah, blah. So we think, oh, well, he's he's the murderer. And it's a surprise. We, we, we were talking about this earlier. Is this Does this get codified as like one a good bad movie at this point or is it going to need another couple years in the <sighs> bad movie oven it's i don't know <laughs> that's a hard one to answer because i would i would put it in good bad movie because some of the lines are so terrible like apparently <laughs> at one point and i had to ask sam to explain this to me because i didn't even understand what this meant but robert de niro said about carla gugino that she wants to she has sex with him so often he's had to start peeing sitting down i is the owner of a dick i don't understand that i would, i had to be um, like babe is there an anatomy the part of this that i don't understand he was like no <laughs> i don't know i was like is he saying that his sperm is so depleted she turned him into a woman oh yeah <laughs> she broke your dick bob yeah <laughs> like broke it in half oh, you're pacino and your fred flintstone <laughs> are about the same dude <laughs> That's true. Oh, busted. Fuck yeah. me. Uh, it's okay. Uh, like Chris Anyways, Farley, I have two volumes. So uh. <laughs> that puts it in the realm of good, bad. But one of the other plot points is that at some point, Al Pacino just rapes Carlo Gugino oh, for oh. no discernible reason at all. For like, fun! <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense. Like, he, he's a vigilante killer. He's killing bad guys. And you're like, okay, well, you know, whoever's doing this shouldn't be doing it because it's against the law. But at least he's getting the bad guys who, like, walk free for whatever reason, which, whatever. But then he just rapes Carlo Gugino. Really? Yeah. Uh, and so that pushed it over uh, into bad, bad movie I mean, for th- me. This, this got notoriously horrible. Really. Yeah. So it was, like, I think officially, like... Critics abandoning these two re- like formerly revered actors who could almost do no wrong. Yeah, where every every review of like Meet the Parents or Simone is like this is not Al Pacino's best work. Oh god, I but, forgot about Simone. So, <laughs> <laughs> but everybody's like, no, fuck this shit. These guys are now a mark of the opposite of quality, yeah. like the way Bruce Willis is for us now. Right. It happened to, <laughs> to De Niro and Pacino. It's this movie that did it. Oh god, it's too bad. Me. But oh, it I'm was mad garbage. Interested. Mad interested, but there is a fantastic well, on movie Netflix, so. that came out this week. <sighs> yes. Yay. Yay, finally. Another return finally, to John Malkovich. Finally, a, a palate cleanser after so many bad movies. Baby, I'm going to I'm gonna make him the lead in this. Hold on, watch what I do. Uh, Tilda Swinton, Brad Pitt, George Clooney, Francis McDormand, and Richard motherfucking Jenkins. Yes. Uh, and burn after reading. Osborne Cox. Yes. I thought you might be worried about the security of your shit. What you're engaged in is blackmail. I'm a mere good Samaritan. Give me the CD song and I'll be the money, dickwad. (laughs) (laughs) That was a real. I've seen this movie like five times. This is my favorite Brad Pitt movie. 
Period. It's really good. He is so yeah. fucking funny leaning into, I think, who we all thought Brad Pitt was. Yeah. <laughs> but a, a pretty boy fucking dumbass. And it is so fucking funny. And everybody in this movie kind of gets to do something funny. Oh, yeah. Everyone in this movie is very funny. And they all play horrible very people. <laughs> stupid. Oh, Not just yeah. horrible, but very, very stupid people. Extremely stupid. I feel like... Except if for you Richard Jenkins. combined like Raising Arizona with Fargo in a way, where it's just yeah. like how incredibly stupid everybody is. <laughs> I looked it up. This is number one at the box office. This is the only Coen Brothers film that has done that. Oh, no, shit. Not even True no. Grit, a movie I don't care about in the slightest. That's Coen Brothers. And it's a good mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Nope. I like that one. Not, and I watched No Country the other no night. Country for Old Men. Awesome. Not even back in the day, Raising Arizona. Nope. This is the only one. Huh. I, I, I think this is. Is this the last universally like revered Coen Brothers movie though? Like critics and audiences dug this one. Um, yeah. People weren't kind to Hail Caesar. No, I don't care for um, True Grit. I like True Grit. I, I like True about, Grit. I don't um, think anyone had a problem with that. I loved you. A Serious Man the second time I watched it. Mm-hmm. Didn't love it the first yeah. time. But it's, yeah, it's, that was one. It was critics liked it, and, and audiences less so because it's kind of a difficult movie. I don't know. This is one that actually took a while to grow on me. Like the first me time, too. I was sort of. Eh. Actually, you know what? I take it back. It's it's Fargo meets Big Lebowski. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because everyone Big Lebowski is even dumber than everyone is in Raising Arizona. And they do what they do sort of in all of those movies and a ton of Coen Brothers movies, which makes me laugh a lot, where a, a character you don't know very well basically explains the ending that the Coen Brothers don't show you. Yeah. <laughs> it, just, it just ends with J.K. Simmons. That's true. So we paid off the woman and she got the surgery. Okay, so everything's fine? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it ends with people just sort of like, "Well, that was weird." Yeah. Shrug. It's yeah. how it's it's how No Country for Old Men ends. Tommy That's Lee Jones true. talking about the state of things. Yeah. Sam Elliott talking about like, "Yeah, I'd like to think there's little dudes out there somewhere." Yeah, uh, but yeah. I mean, it, it bums me out that neither Malkovich nor Brad Pitt has has worked with the Coens again because this is some great work totally. for both of them. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Malkovich is at his Malkovichiness. Oh, yes. I mean, even more so than Teddy KGB, I'm going to say. This is, oh. He is really going for it. Much better than... is hilarious. Yeah. I, lo- I love him in this film. God damn it. And Cl- Clooney's really good, too. Clooney has a real gift for comedy that mm-hmm. I feel like only the Coen brothers really figured out oh. how to use. Right. He gets, he gets to play... He only exclusively in Coen brothers movies plays schlubs. And this is a perfect yep. schlub Clooney role. It is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and he's, again, such an idiot. <laughs> Everything everyone does is stupid. Well, and it's, it's there. one of the reasons I like it so much, too, is that, like, uh, so many times when you see movies where there are extremely stupid characters, it's too much. Like, they're too stupid. It's like, no one like that could exist in the world, like, without, you know, serious health. But his character, their characters are just stupid enough that you're like, I've met someone like this yeah. like i've met this well, I guess, person i mean that's part of it is that they're everyone's in over their head john mm-hmm. malkovich is like a cia yeah. operative he loses this disc full of information being get, blackmailed like, by morons all <laughs> right brad pitt and francis mcdormand try to blackmail him george Clooney's running around cheating on he's cheating with malkovich's wife right yeah mm-hmm. uh and yeah and so with francis yeah it's basically a blackmail plot that it falls apart immediately because it's a Coen Brothers well, movie, it's, it's, and everyone's it's, just past their ability to figure out what they're doing. It's why I didn't feel bad about not explaining the plot because it's like Big Lebowski. You'll do the movie no right. favors by explaining yeah. what actually happens in the plot. You'll do <laughs> explaining scenes <laughs> is is the funniest thing about this movie. Yeah, oh, that's 
This is also one of those movies where there is a very funny scene that I want to talk about so bad, but I think talking about it would ruin the The one fun. I already ruined in the beginning? Uh, no. No. Another no. one. Brad Pitt fist pumping on a treadmill? I fucking love no, that. No, that's great too, but I'm talking about more about George Clooney's um, project. Oh, okay. Ah. But yeah, yeah, let's... Let's not. I think this... Discover it for yourselves. This should be must-watch for 30, 20, 10 years. Did you say it was on Netflix? It is on Netflix. Okay, yeah. It's fantastic. Absolutely a must-watch. It is is fantastic. And it grew on me, too. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. The first time I was around, I was like, meh. And then the more I watch it, the more I love it so much. That's how Big Lebowski and Fargo work. Once you learn that, like, you're not going to get a satisfying conclusion of this. It's all the shit that happens in between. I think that is. And all the little tiny... Little side parts too. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's all so perfect. Yeah, burn after reading. There you go. We call that a thirty twenty ten essential. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Moon over Parador. Because we still got <laughs> mo- still got television to talk about two thousand eight September seventh to the thirteenth. Oh, did we skip this? Yeah. I'm terribly so we sorry, skipped this for... last week, but I still want to talk about it because I love the show. And last week on September first, the season two premiere of Gossip Girl XOXO premiered called Summer Kind of Wonderful. I don't know, like, Mm -hmm. I'm a big Gossip Girl fan, and it is, I've talked before about my extensive love of watching rich, pretty people do things, (laughs) and I wonder who was watching it. Like, what? I wonder who was watching it. Yeah, it was me. Mm -hmm. Um, And like any good lefty, I am as much eat the rich as anyone else, but (laughs) I still love this kind of stuff, and this is real rich people porn. Mm -hmm. It's also fun because it is so stupid and soapy, like the storylines are just insane um and it basically follows like so gossip girl in case someone out there doesn't know what this show is about like it's basically a uh gossip columnist that's anonymous that narrates every episode Mm -hmm. and that's kind of like the through line and it just follows like a group of friends who are very rich and it starts out when they're juniors in high school and then follows them throughout undergrad uh just doing a bunch of crazy stuff i mean there's like people faking their deaths people faking cancer everyone (laughs) sleeps with each other sometimes with their boyfriend's uncles who are like 40 and they're like 40 you (laughs) (laughs) when you're 17 oh what high fives all around 17 year olds high fives all around that's what i said yeah uh my favorite thing about it is that these high school students just Apparently in New York, you just walk into any bar and order a martini, and nobody bats an <laughs> eye. Because <laughs> that's what high school, school, high, high school students drink. But anyways, I'm actually re-watching it now, because it's all on Netflix, and the world is a garbage fire, and I need something to distract me before I go to sleep. And yeah, it's great. I love Gossip Girl. If you like this sort of escapist sort of thing, I recommend it. Mm. It's very so stupid. It, would you call it kind of like a nighttime soap? Yes, 100%. It okay. is absolutely a primetime soap. Okay. Because, yeah, I felt like we lost those, but I think they just evolved into yeah. something a little less Dallasy and a little more Gossip Girl. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. No, I mean, there's definitely, I think, primetime soaps still exist. I don't know why we think they ever went away because, I mean, they've always kind of been there. I mean, like... Movie. Grey's Anatomy? Yeah, Grey's Anatomy mm-hmm. is like a perfect uh, example yeah. of that. Even though they're like, it's set in like a workplace drama. It's not so drama. much a hospital drama. Yeah, like people it's explode. Not. It could be, exactly. <laughs> it could be any set anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely a nighttime soap. Definitely mm-hmm. very fun. And also weird because it was like a huge phenom- phenomenon and yet only like one actor has really 
come into any success hmm. from it is Blake Lively. Oh, everyone else is she the of, Gossip Girl? I'm not going to tell you. No! <laughs> it does get revealed at the end of the series, and mm. I—that's one secret I'll never tell. <laughs> Is that a reference to the show yes. that I'm not getting? <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's a couple of listeners out there pumping their fists. <laughs> like maybe one and a half. <laughs> like I know our audience. Uh, well, on September 7th, the MTV Video Music Awards, hosted by Russell Brand. I cannot believe MTV really hit the same week yeah. three decades straight. That's Even the Oscars like moves around. I was going to say, yeah. has that happened with other award shows? Not that No, I, not usually. Not as long as I've been... Listening. But you know MTV's cable; it gets to control its it it owns its own award show, which right. usually doesn't happen with the network award shows. Uh, but it's hosted by Russell Brand. Remember when he could host the award show? Mm-hmm. I remember he got in trouble for this because uh, he referred to the current president of the United States as a retarded cowboy. Yep, <laughs> that is totally inappropriate. I really tried to find a clip of it, I could not. <laughs> I mean, you should never say that, but I'm glad you did. Um, <laughs> but I mean. I I want to find a better word, but I know what he meant. I know I I get what he meant. Yeah. Um, but what about he's the, a foreigner? He gets a little exclusive. I don't know. Shut up. Here he goes. He gets to say the c word all he wants, whereas I have to say the c word. See? There you go. That's how it works. Uh, Britney Spears, "Piece of Me," wins video of the year, female female video and pop video. Thanks for showing up, Britney. Yeah. Um, notorious woman beater Chris Brown wins male <laughs> video. He he is at this point. It's not it's not that it just he's a woman beater. Like you beat up the woman. Yeah. <laughs> one, <laughs> one of the most talented people ever. You right. just like you're that's for me who doesn't know his music. That's the only reason I know you, man. Exactly. You beat up one of the most talented ladies working. Uh, I don't know why we still get he still gets to work at all. Uh, it beats the hell out of me. I don't understand. <laughs> oh, 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 <laughs> I did not do that on purpose. <laughs> but uh, we also have new artist is Tokyo Hotel. It's Tokyo with an I. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's why I said who afterwards. <laughs> for Ready Set Go over Jordan Sparks, Miley Baby, uh, Katie, Katy Perry, and Tay Tay Swift. Um, so this like, is like one of the the it's where are you now, Kanye? Breaking the mold where it's like. <laughs> The, the last two awards that we talked about was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. The right person won for new artists. This person one is I like... Have, I do not know. Who? <laughs> Did we do like a three-way split on Miley, Katie, and Taylor here? I'd like maybe? to thank the or... producer of the show, my uncle, on Tokyo <laughs> Hotel. Yeah, I, don't, I have no idea. Uh, well, I don't really know who Jordan Sparks is either. Um, uh, I know she was on American Idol. I remember her. Okay. Um on September 7th, I was there for this, day one. Me too. Very disappointed. Uh, True Blood debuts. And my biggest disappointment of this, for real, I mean, it was New Orleans set, right? Yes. No, no, it wasn't New Louisiana. Orleans. It was Louisiana. Um, bon Ton. But it was so clearly, it's from Alan Ball, right? Yes. Uh, which mm-hmm. I just, I'm, we're, I'm just off Six Feet Under, a show I loved every second of. It's hard to explain why now, why that show was so important and I fun. I know. I struggled uh, But with I loved that. it. But I, I was there day one for True Blood, and like, dude, this is all the same places you shot the very LA centric mm-hmm. Six Feet Under, <laughs> where we are now, where every show, even like Sasha Baron Cohen's mask show, is shot in Georgia, mm-hmm. and so is Walking Dead. Like, why? Like, I just wish True Blood was like shot in Georgia. It would have given it the. I, I just found it so inauthentic. If your accents suck and your locations suck, as a former Southern, I'm going to get very upset with you. Mm-hmm. And it, like, it didn't. I loved it in the first like ten minutes, and then hated it 
after the debut when they start explaining oh. like the existence like yeah as a society we know vampires exist and here's what they drink and eat and here's a news report about them mm-hmm. uh, I really love that about it but I, I jumped off after like two episodes oh no I was there for I think at least two full seasons mm-hmm. and then fell off shortly thereafter after probably the second season mm-hmm. I was right there mm-hmm. for it for the first couple seasons I loved it again v- another soap nighttime soap opera mm-hmm. very silly it was um, it was so silly it immediately was very silly yeah. um, but you know very fun too and we're in the midst of our vampire craze this is also still when everyone was like going crazy over Edward and Bella and you know mm-hmm. all those people yeah, were I have, maybe not I, yeah I have in and out on this I it was like I I like this I like everything about this premise I wish this were better mm-hmm. but then every now and then like something would go viral out of it right you know I would see like a funny clip and I'd be like oh maybe I should watch that and then I start watching it and be like no yeah in a pre Game of Thrones world it has like the balls to like kill major characters on a pretty regular basis oh yeah definitely and I mean I read the books too that I was based on and they were like they were pretty good too uh, very fast summer reads for sure oh. mm. and I I definitely remember on September eighth. The Rachel Maddow show debuts, wow. which uh, I was like, finally, liberals get a demagogue. <laughs> I believe right now she is trouncing everybody in the ratings yeah. uh, in her demographic. I think down to like the last article I read about it, like even like Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel, Rachel Maddow is beating in the ratings. I, lo- I kind of love that. This might honest. shock people who somehow think some of the stuff I say in here is real. Like when I voted for Trump, big lefty Christopher here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, Air America, I was so into. Al Franken's liberal radio station. And there was a show that debuted um, after, after, before Al Franken's show. And it was hosted by Liz Winstead, comedian, creator of The Daily Show, Mm -hmm. Chuck D. uh, Mm -hmm. We all know who Chuck D is. And a woman I'd never heard of, Rachel Maddow. And guess what? Chuck D and Liz didn't show up a lot. And it just became (laughs) like this... It had a different name. I forget what it was, but it just became the Rachel Maddow show. Yeah. She was just one third of the show. Oh, it was after Morning Sedition, where I, I, right. I learned to love Mark Maron. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and and I listened to Rachel Maddow every day, and I was ecstatic to see her get a show. And I go back and forth about how I feel about her show now, because mm-hmm. I feel like she's she's uh, very guilty of showing me impeachment porn and telling me what yes. I want to hear. Yes. But um, she is definitely smarter and uh, more honest than most news hosts and does yes. a shitload more research into the actual news. Because I keep. Oh, yeah. I have never watched more news than I have in my life. And I can say this with utter confidence CNN should be called the News Podcast Network. <laughs> Uh, we read the we read these articles on the internet. Let's talk about them. We have done no research. We have pounded no pavement. We that's have, our job. Yeah, th- th- <laughs> yes, that's what we do. That's all. See, Wolf Blitzer hasn't left that studio. He's been in air conditioning the entire time. Yeah, he hasn't lifted the phone. Uh, it is just people talking about articles. But Rachel Maddow digs deep, and like oh, yeah. I think she deserves this number one slot. I'm very very happy for her. I yeah, I learn a lot every time I watch her show. Uh, just like, because she goes into the history, she'll like go, I remember there was like a story a couple weeks ago about, or a couple months ago about like a Russian spy thing. And she mm-hmm. went back to like the 1930s. Was I was like, going to reference that for the River Phoenix this, movie. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Those Canadian kids who didn't know their parents were Russian spies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, she does her job. She does, she does her job. Yeah, man. And yeah. she's also, also my like personal that she, haircut She does hero. do like the, look, she's, you know, it's 
less journalism and more opinion when she would head into that, like into Hannity territory, but on the left, because she's like the only person I've ever seen a clip of who like read a Donald Trump tweet and then say, really, (laughs) really, yeah, really, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to America. Really? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Say everyone else is like, he seems very upset and uh, he's said some things that are not verifiable. And she'd be like, why is he saying lies again? He's lying. He's a big fat baby throwing a temper tantrum. We can't all treat these seriously. Please, stock stock market, act accordingly. Even though her catchphrase should just be pregnant pauses. (laughs) (laughs) Room tone is her, I don't know. There's so many things about her show that crack me up, but yeah, she's Rachel Maddow rules. Uh, Watch her instead of whatever else you're watching in that time slot if you're watching news, which you shouldn't be. Um, don't watch the news. No, Read your news. So you. um, speaking of not watching, mm. uh, the Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, which uh, the season two debuts on September eighth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got people who swear by this show. I know people a little older than me like revere Terminator in a way I don't really understand because like T two is like this hugely pivotal movie for me, but mm-hmm. I can almost take or leave anything else surrounding the franchise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think that's fair. And. and yeah. This, this one or two. That's all I'm in for. I don't yeah. care about and, anything else. And the Universal Studios, right? And, and I'm, I'm a Defender <laughs> 3. We watched it this weekend. That's right. <laughs> with your husband. Yep. Um, but this, I think one of the things I hate about Genesis, it's that is the worst Terminator product, period. This has its moments. It's just too fucking long. Mm. It's great casting. Because remember, Cersei Lannister is fucking Sarah Connor right. at this point. Yep. Uh, and, and Summer Glau is the Terminator from the future, yep. the mm-hmm. uh, like River from Firefly, but she's also ballet trained, so she has. She moves very cool mm-hmm. as as a robot. Like some real sinister shit from her performance as a Terminator from the future. I don't know how I feel about Brian Austin Green as Kyle Reese, who comes in this season. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but I think this is the season where they they were kind of catty about we're going to alter all of Terminator's timeline. And they wouldn't weren't really on when they finally leaned into that. They found their legs, and by the time they found their legs, fans were pissed. Critics were coming around. But the ratings weren't there, and this will end up being the final season of the Terminator show. Yeah. It's just a weird. That's that's a franchise that doesn't deserve all the bad things that's happened to it because most yeah. of it's pretty decent. I mean, it's too bad because this could have been an amazing television program. Like they could have really done some good stuff with it, and and I, I think that's that's didn't. the amazing thing about it is that it's there's no reason that James Cameron isn't one of the most visionary people we have working in entertainment. And he has no control over what happens to his fucking product after the thing he made. Like, it's just totally out of his hands. Yeah. And it broke my heart to see him shilling for Genesis, the worst thing. Because when Salvation came out, I was like, fuck this movie. I have nothing to do with it. I don't care. That's the one directed by McG. McG. It is awful. Mm. But it's no Genesis. That shit is horrible. Uh, And uh, Jesus Christ, I, I can't believe I don't know if I have enough wind to talk about the rest of this stuff. Because I did sort of get into Fringe. Okay, so I missed... I remember when this premiered, and I think at that point, I just was like, oh, I'm watching other things, I'll get around to it. And then I never ended up getting around to Fringe um, as a mm. television program. But I kind of feel like I would love it. And I think I'm... Um, no. Okay. I don't think you would. I don't think you would, because <laughs> there's like... It's one of those network shows with twenty over 20 episodes a season. Sure. And it has a thing it's getting to. Like, I don't think America has the patience to sit and watch X Files the way it was unschooled yeah, to okay. us in the nineties. That's what I was kind of getting a vibe there and, that it was X Files. Fringe isn't about oh, yeah. aliens. It's about alternate dimensions and a nefarious people who look just like you, sound just like you, and might be you, 
who have found a way to tap into your dimension. Mm. But there's all these distractionary monster of the week things Mm -hmm. in between all that. And I watched two seasons of this. Like you have a hook here. But you show it to me once every five hours. Mm. And I and I would never recommend it to people because of that. Because okay. it, it has an interesting concept. It really does. But it's it's very it, it, like getting to that is few and far between. It thinks it's allowed to yeah. be the X-Files. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, that's a show I dropped in and out of. Mm. And it, yeah, it would do really cool stuff, but it would take its time to get there. Mm. Maybe binging it now, you know, maybe if you do two episodes a night, maybe yeah. Yeah, that's, it'll, and it'll be better. That's how I take in all of my television oh, at this point. So. Know, like the weirdly dated thing about it that I, I just want to yell about real fast. Yes. Diana will know it. The mm-hmm. the hovering font when like they, <laughs> they, this effect when they realize whenever they like have to write out the location of where they are, it, like it's like interacting with the oh, lighting yes. and building I know of wherever about. it is. Yeah, and like yeah, we were yeah. watching a DVD and like, dude, just stop doing that's, this. That One, cool. I know where you are. Yeah. <laughs> Two, we've already established this. Stop doing this. That was the cool, the first time I saw it. I was like, oh, look at that. That's a new no thing. No more diagetic this, letters yeah. that's where we are. <laughs> and after that, I was like, okay. Yeah, I get it. Uh, but but for, the pilot is not bad. Okay. Um, and if, if it's out there, is the clip in here, is it worth checking out? Eh, no, we don't need to. We okay. talked about it. <laughs> um, and then lastly, on, on uh, September 10th, uh, the 16th season of The Challenge, which is formerly the Real World Road yeah. Rules Challenge. Mm-hmm. I said that without swearing uh, it at all. Good Go job. Give, reward me. Okay. Um, uh, the island, uh, we have an island promo. Yeah. The island promo, not to be yeah. confused with the Scarlett Johansson and Ian McGregor movie. They got us stranded on an island. This is a challenge in and of itself, just living here. We don't know if we have an endless supply of food and water. Eight people are going to be on these boats going over to that island. On that island, there's $300,000 in gold. By any means necessary, I'm walking home with that money. Dean, I want to know what it feels like to win. 30 days on this deserted island, it's going to get crazy. Oh, I, I can't. I wish Dave was here. He's We're seen all this garbage. Now? Uh, Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I've watched a lot of real world road rules. Uh huh. It's not easy, is it? Huh? I'm not fired. This yeah. is what they should uh-huh. do for sobriety tests. Oh no, everyone would fail. Never mind. Don't do that. Um, but yeah, I. I've seen a lot of these, and when we were oh. talking about how before we were talking about burn after reading, how mm-hmm. there are so many. There's a lot of TV shows where people are too stupid, and you don't know how they can exist in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this is real people. Where I'm like, how stupid are these people? <laughs> like it's hard we, to believe. We don't. Ha- we got plenty of water. We could just drink from the ocean. Right. Exactly. <laughs> they were all. Yeah. I don't know. Just beautiful idiots just like getting hurt and screaming at each other. I don't know. I'm kind of down for it sometimes. I have to be in the right mood. Well, let's eh. move on to the com- the comedy portion because uh, I didn't. I've never actually heard this. Yeah, so I, I didn't have know the, it existed. Yeah, it's uh, this week. Do you believe in gosh, Mitch Hedberg? Uh, do Mitch you Hed- believe in gosh? I'm just trying to say it like <laughs> yeah. He no, would've. I can't do the the cadence. So you'll have to take that over for that. But recorded two months before his death. Mm-hmm. Right, there's my best Mitch Hedberg delivery. Yeah, there you go. Um, and it's great. It's Mitch Hedberg. We were talking about pulling a clip, but mm-hmm. for it, but I mean, just listen to Belt. Just, like I'm yeah. like, why is a Mitch Hedberg joke three minutes long? That's impossible. Right. It is. Yeah. It is three sentences at most. I don't know which one we which one to pull. And I've never heard this, but I'm excited to know that there's more. I love it when I find out someone I like who's dead. Mm-hmm. There's this one more thing out there, and usually I don't go near it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there's a Robin Williams playing the genie in a Disney math game, and I put up a little bit of it on YouTube, our YouTube channel, and I'm like 
Someday I'll revisit that when I'm really sad and I want to see more Robin Williams Genie. Yeah. But I'm just going to leave it for now. It's good. It's not as good as um, Strategic Grill Location. <laughs> <laughs> um, or I Mitch think, Altogether. Or Mitch Altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, it's two months before his death, so I think it's a little bit looser than probably. A little heroiny. Maybe. A little yeah. gangrene. But, you know. Sleepy. Ev- I think if you love Mitch Hedberg, you should have this on your radar. I mean, he was a very unique voice in comedy, and it sucks to have lost him. Yeah. Uh, and then, again, going to books again, because we missed this last week, and I definitely want to talk about it. Uh, on the 2nd of September, American Wife was relieved, released. Oh. And it's excellent. Um, it's written by Curtis Sittenfeld, who previously had written Prep, which is also very good. But American Wife got some publicity because it is a fictional novel um, about a woman growing up in Wisconsin and uh, meeting a guy and falling in love with him at a barbecue and marrying into his very rich and political family. And Laura this, Bush. Uh, this book is Laura Bush. <laughs> this is about Laura Bush. And um, it's this reading it really was a huge it's a trip because it makes her so um, likable and uh, relatable in a way that I did not want to be like any <laughs> or relate to any of the Bushes. Um, it portrays the George Bush character in a similar way. Um, and makes him seem very charming and makes him seem like, oh, okay, I can see the charisma that's there, why people fell for it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It is a very interesting read. Curtis Sinfeld has come out and said, like, look, I am not saying that this is about Laura Bush, but I definitely took inspiration from her life. A big plot point of it is that when she's a teenager, she gets in a car accident and kills another person, mm-hmm. which is a thing that happened to Laura Bush. Um, and so that's a huge plot point. It's, it's great. It, I highly recommend it. And it's really well written and it brings up a lot of really interesting questions and thoughts about the Bush administration and how you feel about hmm. the Bushes. Especially now that we're in a place where... We know true evil? <laughs> well, George... We're nostalgic for an idiot who will start a war that will kill a million people. I yeah. missed I missed just w, plain old incompetence. W gets I trotted out. Going- one day without hearing what the president is doing. Just one fucking day that I can have where he's doing his job and I'm doing mine. That's all I want. Yeah. 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 Have you, you'll hearken back to a simpler time. Uh, I'll put it that way. And uh, so you will for the next book as well. Uh, it's a much simpler time. Yeah. Uh, because Disney has not bought Star Wars yet. Right. And mm. once again, like Lucas begins its every 10 years to like add to Star Wars canon in the weirdest way possible in the force of the, in the form of the Force Unleashed book, mm-hmm. which is on the New York Times bestseller list. Mm-hmm. Everyone listening will know the Force Unleashed for its popular Legos. I mean, uh, comic is- books. I mean, video game. Video. Is this a novelization of a video game? Indeed. Diana, it's not only the novelization of a video game, it's an open-ended video game that's also somehow canon. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I, because, I think my brain just stopped and I need to re-spar- reboot it, man. Because I, you know George Lucas was still involved. The main character's name is Starkiller. Uh, okay. And you played... I think in the game you played as Darth Vader's apprentice. I think you had the choice at the end of the first game to kill him or help him and embrace the dark side or the light side. And then they decided we need to make a sequel so we have to settle on what the player actually chose even though they didn't choose it. Uh, but it, but what was weird is that 
they leaned into the canon aspect. Mm-hmm. Normally the games, mm-hmm. like, they don't say, you know, this is extended fiction, this, uh, like, Chewbacca might show up for a second, whatever. Like, no, this is canon. All the characters will appear here. This is actual Star Wars canon. And within, like, it's it doesn't seem like a long time now, but within four years, Disney bought it and, like, yeah, this is just as shitty canon as anything else. Fuck it. This doesn't matter at all. Mm. None of this ever mattered. So, like, it's it's hard talking about it because it wasn't a great game. Mm. Uh, it, it really wasn't. And it kind of killed LucasArts because mm. they, they didn't make Star Wars games. They made they let other people make those and would focus on the original properties outside of the Luke, what LucasArts, LucasFilm owned. Mm-hmm. Uh, once they leaned into that, they're like, oh, this shit costs a lot and we don't have the mechanism to do this. We usually make creative and weird projects and this is really hard and this took seven years to make a game out of Force Unleashed. I don't know when the game comes out, but it's definitely not on the list yet. Mm. So, uh, this is, Well, this is the, the fiction novel and it is number one on the New York Times bestseller, which is great. It, I'm, wow. I'm happy that a Star Wars book the Star Wars is the book. number one New York Times bestseller it, this week. That's it fun. It harkens back to what I won't bash it because everyone hates me when I do. A weird time where movie novelizations were the thing to do. You mm-hmm. didn't you didn't have a YouTube Red series mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or a, a straight to Hulu OVA. Halo Gears of War would get novelizations, oh, yeah. a lot of them. Yes, and they would hit the bestseller list, and they were just following that mold. And but people loved them. And you know what? Anything that gets people reading, I am. behind. I I don't think I'm out of line to say first and foremost, The Force Unleashed, in addition to being a stupid name, Mm. uh, was a video game first. Mm. Uh, That's what it was designed as. Anyway, that concludes our show. I'd read a comment, but we have a whole show for that that you're supposed to continue launching. I know, we went long. It was a long Uh, one. There was a lot to cover. We went really long, uh, but I had fun. And I I got through my pain. Uh, But of course, we have some deaths. We have some deaths to close out with. Okay. Oh, wait, so no, no. Well, first, well first, you want to do plugs? That's right. First, for that, we got to do plugs. Remember, we are supported by kind patrons at patreon.com slash laser time, just like you. We got over 100 full-length movie commentaries for you. We have an exclusive show for you every single week, and hopefully an exclusive T3 bonus show every single week. It got unlocked, so there's one of them, and then it got relocked because people dropped out. This is a depressing life to leave, to constantly have to pledge drive. And NPR only has to do it once a year. Hmm. Uh, we got to do it every week. But let's try and unlock that again and only take a couple of you paying for the what amounts to an extra value of meal at McDonald's. Less than that. Less than that, yeah. yeah. Less than that uh, to keep the show afloat and uh, help us cover our overhead. We really do appreciate it. We are 99. I got to say this. This show is executive produced uh, by Jason Walsh and many other fine people at patreon.com slash laser time. Okay. where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at listeninerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, and at at... 302010 podcast uh, where I've been uh, mostly just teasing what's coming up. This is, I'm thinking lots of pictures of Malkovich for this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great idea. I love it that. It was a Malkovich yeah. kind of episode. Hashtag yeah, Malkovich. Uh, what? Malkovich, okay. Malkovich. Yeah. So it's a, it's a being John Malkovich reference. I oh, ruled. I thought you said Malkovich. I did. That's oh. what he's called in his. That's what he's called in his nightmares. Oh, right. Malkovich. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that again. Uh, and yeah, and you can follow us at uh, Laser Time on Facebook, Twitter, and see how often we update. Uh, but as always, we have to close out with the deaths and the births. Diana, who died All right. this week? Deaths. We only got one, but it's a good one. In 1998, <laughs> we lost. Former Governor George Wallace, he was 79. Rot in hell, you racist piece of shit. <laughs> it really is a good death. Yeah. It's a good death. A little too late yeah. for my taste, but uh, yeah, good. 
Yeah. No, mm-hmm. and people say, oh, but he got better when he got older and he realized the error of his ways. Yeah, but when he was governor and in charge of people, he was a segregationist piece of shit. Yep. And yep. then he tried to run to be president mm-hmm. as a racist piece of shit. And we know so, that never works. That never works. Actually, oh, I hate to say how much Trump has pulled the, the populist playbook that, that Wallace was using. Mm-hmm. But it's really easy to get people super riled up about other people. <laughs> yeah. Those other people are doing bad things and we're going to take everything back. Mm-hmm. How's that going for you? Yeah. <laughs> Rod in hell, you racist piece of shit. Let's cheer everything up with a little bit of birthday. Oh, birthday is a birthday quiz where Diane is going to give us clues on who's born this week, and Sarah and I will try and guess the best of our ability. All right. This is a pretty good one. Uh, born September 10th, 1960 in Greyshot, Hampshire. He is an Oscar, Golden Globe, and BAFTA winner. Damn. And we have covered a whole bunch of his movies. Damn. Okay. So let me start listing them. <laughs> Month in the Country. The English Patient. Not Hugh Grant. Thousand Acres. Ray Fiennes? No. Nope. Not Hugh Grant. Fever Pitch. Nope. Uh, when Did You Last See Your Father? Fever Pitch. Easy Virtue. Colin Fer- Firth? Colin Firth. Oh, boom. I took oh. Colin Firth from you. Good. Oh, in good your face, Because Sharon. Mama Mia was the next one, and Shakespeare in Love is later this year. Oh, I took the Firth. Oh, I forgot he was in Shakespeare in Love. Uh, I didn't. Yeah. I can't wait to review that. I, <laughs> I love Shakespeare in Love. Yeah, you're going to be the sole yeah. person. It should have beat Saving Private Ryan. No, I did not say that. I'm glad Harvey Weinstein said, found a way to gain the Oscars and take away from deserving candidates. I just said I loved it. I didn't say I should have won. <laughs> <laughs> we can have this fight later. Okay, let's do it off year. mic. Because we got to close out right now. That's the end of 30, 20, 10, people. Be sure to check out Laser Time or Video Game Apocalypse or maybe Bonus Time or Patreon Show for patrons at patreon.com slash laser time. Uh, we'll close out with Lost Coastlines by Ockerville River, who also had an album. Ockerville River, who had a thing out this month. My arm hurts. Listen to bonus time. I'll explain everything. Bye. And see how that light you love